why it's on me because I'm making noise. I'm the only one in here so far. Don't mind me as I break up some of this sticky, icky, icky. These dirty sand beats. man hello ladies and gentlemen and other comrades i'm your host and comrade rob felt weird to use comrade twice in the same sentence like that a little bit moving on what's up what's up everybody uh this is your co-host don hughes uh, coming at you from Combat Outpost Hughes in Parts Unknown in the Great North. Um, happy Monday. Say, happy Sorry, Monday. That was the James. Monday. You don't hate Monday, you hate capitalism. Amen. A fucking man. For those of you who joined earlier and were just wondering what this strange looking white boy with what appears to be a receding hairline was doing off screen, I'm breaking up some of that sticky icky icky because it's legal in my state and it goes with the beat. Go ahead, I didn't get as many laughs as I thought. Sad. I am Austin. Hello, everyone. How you doing? Uh, wanting to run for Congress in 2024? Now nah, I'll run. Fuck it. Why not? <laughs> uh, that's about it. Uh, welcome. I'm excited for you to run for Congress, dude. I'm excited for you. I think it's going to be shitty, like a shitty experience. Congress seems like a fucking... Toxic dump. Yeah, like a hellscape. Like what they imagined yeah. legalized pot would be in small towns. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like what they say socialism would be like. Yeah. I don't know if that's part of the beats or if that's the fuzz coming to get us. But I think it's um, Trisha's turn to introduce herself. It sure is. You gotta unmute yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, hey, guys. Um, having connection issues here, obviously. I'll, I'll be popping in and out tonight because, you know, I'm, I'm going on with my phone. Okay, I'm going to sum this up. <laughs> I'm going to sum this up because she is breaking up real bad. 
That is Trisha. She goes on rant. Technological difficulties. Please stand by. Having technological difficulties. Bear with us. We're not the corporate media. We can't afford that, man. Nah. Nah. Our monthly expenses would make their... Can you imagine if we had their budget, dude? Oh, man. Man. Speaking of which, (laughs) if you want to help us increase our budget... Ooh. Ooh, I know the, what time uh, of the night it is. There, there are options. Ooh. Um, Patreon, PayPal. Um, we're working on becoming a actual incorporated 501c3 nonprofit media organization. Um, that is not the case yet, but bear with us. The process is underway. Uh, Patreon.com slash for we are many. Um, that'll get you access to exclusive content. Um, some hangout sessions, maybe. I don't know. We'll figure it out. Tell and, us tell us what you want for yeah. exclusive content. Um, there are there are two two levels that their exclusive content is actually us stopping things. We're gonna stop giving them exclusive content. You know who I'm talking about. Jeff Bezos, Elon, baby, listen, it'll all stop. I will, I will stop sending you the videos, all the the eight track cassette tapes, smoke messages, the the Morse code. You still owe me for having that guy hook that uh that Morse code thing up in your house, by the way. Um, the pictures won't stop, but you know why. All you got to do is donate. All right, so uh, I'm not going to go through the the whole social media spiel. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. Fucking find us. We're there. (laughs) For wearemany.org. Um... So yeah, like uh, I guess we'll do this 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 way. Where do you guys want to start today? Ooh. We have we have a, a decent amount of things to talk about. Ooh, let's talk about <laughs> let's talk about Joe. Let's talk about Joe's first hundred days in office. Ah, oh, man. Listen. Listen, for hundreds of years, this man has been sitting in Congress, in the Senate, watching presidents give this same speech. It was his turn. I, yeah, yeah. I'm actually, oh yeah, I'm working on it. I was just uh, preparing that slide that is now on the screen. But I'm going to try to pull up some, uh, like a highlights clip. Uh, of his speech to the joint session of Congress. Um, it's it was like an hour long and parts of it sounded really good, you know? I kind of want to get Sterling to like remix it and make some lo-fi beats out of it. So like, I mean, I kind of feel like Bernie wrote his speech. First of all, I want to, I want to, lead with that yeah Um, yeah i got that vibe too 
Well, more people. So I got a, I got a three minute highlights clip. Let's. Uh, oh do God! After just 100 days, I can report to the nation, America is on the move again. There's still more work to do to beat this virus. We can't let our guard down. But tonight, I can say, t- because of you, the American people. Man, he's quiet. Well, he's, um, he's, he's, against one of the worst pandemics in he's being quiet so you pay more attention. One of the greatest logistical achievements, logistical achievements this country's ever seen. American Jobs Plan will help millions of people get back to their jobs and back to their careers. Twelve years. I can't hear anything he's saying. Today, compete with the rest of the world in the 21st That's why my dude. It's like as the speech went on, he got quieter and quieter. Every person in America, starting as early as we can. You know what it is? His teeth are probably falling out. Finally, provide up to twelve weeks. Oh the fucking polydent <laughs> probably came undone, and he's struggling to keep them in there. All right, so I, I'm gonna stop <laughs> this screen share here. That's pointless. We can't hear anything he's saying because he's all like, in "I the mean, first hundred days." I mean, to be fair, he's not really saying much, is he? No. Well, I mean, okay. So parts of it were very. say that I was moved because I wasn't. I see this as nothing more than political grandstanding. Political theater is the phrase I was thinking of. Um, I I don't think that he intends to follow anything that he said in it. And I think he set up a perfect scapegoat for it. Congress. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's going to blame Congress for sure. Uh, but he titled the Pro Act, which I do support, surprisingly, it being a democratic policy and all. But uh, the protect the right to organizing, the protecting the right to organize act is probably the best piece of legislation that we've seen in a while. I, I can't put a date, a time frame on that, but in a while. It, this should have been part of the packages of labor bills that passed Congress 60, 70, 80, 90 years ago. Um, it, uh, parts of his speech sounded like Bernie Sanders could have wrote it. Um, he talked about wealth inequality and taxing the rich, you know, everybody paying their fair share, so on and so forth. But has he really done a 180 or is he just trying to make it look like he tried so he can blame Congress? All it took was two Democratic fucking holdouts in the Senate to stall the Protecting the Right to Organize Act. And they're both from Arizona, and they're both Democrats. My fellow Arizonans, please call Mark Kelly, call Kirsten Cinema. Let them know that you're not happy. Kirsten Cinema was a former Green Party, or she calls herself a Prada socialist. That's what got her elected. And this is the shit she's pulling. How is she the most conservative Democrat in the fucking Senate? Is a former Green Partier. It makes zero sense. Uh, but call her and call that astronaut. And let him know what you think about it. That's Mark Kelly. He he was yeah he was an yeah. astronaut. Okay. Yeah, I remember. I remember um, when I was still in the army. There was that uh, that shooting 
that Mark Kelly's wife was involved in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gabby, yeah. Gabby Giffords was shot in yeah. Tucson. Yeah, I remember that. I've known Mark Kelly's name since then. <laughs> Indeed. Um. So here, here's a quote for you. We have stared. <laughs> oh God, this is towards the end of the speech. I can't do a Joe Biden voice, but I was hearing it in Joe Biden's voice, and that's why I laughed. You gotta, you gotta scrunch your eyes like you're real stoned, but you don't believe in pot because it's a gateway drug, right? Okay, so we, we have stared into an abyss of insurrection and autocracy, of pandemic and pain, and we the people did not flinch. Nah, we flinched, as, man. Man, as Trevor Noah every said, spot. as Trevor Noah said, he's been watching presidents make the same speech for hundreds of years. It was his turn. Yeah, and he, all he did was talk, man. Like, he tried to make it sound like he actually understands the plight of the working class. And I mean, the fact that the working class is being talked about in, a, in, a, in an address like this for the first time since the 40s is pretty admirable. But it's all theater. It doesn't yeah. mean anything. Yeah, he's going to accomplish... If he's lucky, if he actually puts the effort to it, he might accomplish 30% of what he said. Yeah. And I mean, don't get me wrong, the plan's not bad. Don't get me wrong, it's no Green New Deal level reorganization of the economy but it is a step in the right direction that being said for the price tag we could almost get the entire green new deal but democrats yeah oh, he's worth over nine million dollars yeah yeah he understands the plate of the working class <laughs> No. Man, I've never even seen. Actually, I have seen. I have seen, in fact, more than nine million dollars. I saw a striker once, and <laughs> no, actually, I I was signed for a couple of different strikers throughout my military career. So, like, that's quite a bit of money. But I still can't imagine what, if it wasn't a vehicle, what that amount of money would be. Um, Natalie, so I think that they should be using the, the reconciliation process to pass the progressive agenda, like Bernie's been saying. Um, but the Democratic Party still seems focused on attacking the filibuster directly instead of just working around it. Um, and that's created a huge fight in the Senate over ending the filibuster and the Republicans are demonizing the Democrats for it. Does the, does the filibuster need to go? Yes. But why start that fight right now instead of helping the American people have the majority, use reconciliation, and get something done? Well, hey, they are getting something done. They uh, they raided they raided Giuliani's office. <laughs> yeah, Took all his that. phones, man. I'm so excited about that. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, Calvin said he didn't just flinch, he has his eyes closed. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, and Natalie said more than half the senator millionaires know they don't understand. Exactly. Exactly. It, it's, it's enough. I agree with damn near every word that came out of Biden's mouth in that joint address, but I don't think that he had an ounce of sincerity behind any of it. 
No. Yeah, I, I don't think he agreed with it. You might agreed with it, but he didn't agree with it. <laughs> right, right. He said some pretty words that sounded an awful lot like being at a Bernie Sanders rally for parts of it. But there was no, there was no deafening cheers when it came out of Joe Biden's mouth because we know better. Meanwhile, at Bernie rallies, there was deafening, deafening, deafening applause. Sorry, I realized I forgot to set the mood in my room. So uh, I my incense and stuff. I gotcha. Uh, let's see here. Where, uh, where are we going next? We should have... Assuming that Dean is still able to join us tonight, he's caught up in work things at the moment, but we should have a pretty sizable... COVID update um, today. Um, if it doesn't happen today, it'll be next Monday. We'll let you know. Um, I hope Dean can make it in tonight. It's been a while. It has been. It has been. Let's 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 just dive in here to um, um, U.S. politics, right? We. Um, Um, Florida passed a voter suppression bill. I'm sure most of you have already heard about that at this point. Um, they eliminated the use of ballot drop boxes. commented as the page saying I appreciate the closed captions as I am waiting for my car with no headphones nice touch indeed hey Rob is the music all the way down or can we turn it down a little bit oh we can turn it down more is it overpowering uh, vocals yeah a little bit on my end it sounds good but I I kind of rely on your guys's feedback for that yeah yeah um, that's good right there <clears throat> all right so, oh yeah, the voter suppression bill. That's what I was. Sorry, this is a little more on the fly than usual. Um, it's okay. We're going to riff a lot tonight. People will enjoy it. I will talk about why this is so on the fly and why I was absent on Thursday and why, why I'll be absent this Thursday when we get to the wealth inequality section. I oh, have yeah. a lot of things to say. Uh, anyway, um, while I'm pulling this up, though, I also want to give a shout out to a brand new media organization. It's called E-Girl Vanguard Media. Um, they are a, uh, they are a van trans run, um, very far left leaning media source. Um, and so far, Willow has covered um, the Dante Wright uprisings, the the verdict of the Chauvin trial. Um, she tried to go to North Carolina to get some footage there, but everything had ended by the time she got there. I think she's going to Oklahoma next week, and then um, um, back to Minnesota for for George Floyd week, which we're definitely going to be talking about that a lot. I, I, I really hope that 
either Unicorn Riot or E-Girl Vanguard Media has, uh, you know, people on the ground in George Floyd Square. I, I want to see not just the direct actions, but I want to see what leads to those direct actions. I want to see how the community uh, communicates. Uh, it seems like they borrowed some ideas from Occupy's General Assembly, but they got rid of the ridiculous hand signals. <laughs> um, James said that Don and Trish did great, and I'm glad to hear that. It's probably going to be the two of them, or the, the you know the three of us, uh, the three of them that are on right now that'll do the watch along of Milk. Is that's a Netflix thing, right? Milk. Russia. She might be frozen. I believe it's on Netflix. I believe it's on Netflix. I'll get back to you on that. Yeah. Yes, yes, it I, is. I do believe Milk is on Netflix. Um, I could check, but my I, I'm having connection issues still, obviously. Understood. Yeah, you were frozen there for a second. Okay. Anyway, back yeah, to the whole screen went black. The whole thing, like my uh, screen is still completely black. It's not showing you or your screen sharing or nothing. Damn. Yeah. So uh, back to the story. Florida's state legislature, both chambers of Florida state legislature, approved new election legislation Thursday that would place restrictions on ballot drop boxes and voting by mail. Um, it's the latest Republican-led effort to alter state voting rules, read as to suppress the black vote, following record-breaking turnout during the 2020 election. Senate Bill 90 passed the Florida Senate with a vote of 23 to 17 in the House, 77 to 40. The measure is going to Ron DeSantis's desk for his signature. He's expected to sign it. Of course he's going to sign it. You fucking kidding me? Um, so earlier versions of the legislation, which is what I had heard about, would have completely banned the use of ballot drop boxes, but last minute changes allowed for their use under specific limitations. Um, uh, restrictions on who can drop off a voter's ballot. You can't like send it with your neighbor, you know, things like that. Requiring the location of a drop box to be chosen at least 30 days before an election and election officials must supervise the drop boxes in person. Uh, the, measure, the measure also limits who can hand out any item, including food or water or election related material to voters waiting in line. Um, only volunteers or staff working with the election supervisor can provide nonpartisan assistance to voters within that area. Uh, it would also place restrictions on third party voter registration groups. So, you know, like if it's not done by the parties themselves, I would assume like voter registration drives is what they're targeting here. Right, and this is reactionary as fuck. And the thing is, they're pretending that they're reacting to a quote-unquote stolen election. They're really just reacting to they got outvoted and they're fucking mad about it. Exactly, exactly. Salty-ass motherfucker. That's, that's why I was like, uh, when it said, uh, let me scroll back up. It said it's the latest Republican-led effort to alter state voting rules. I said it's the latest Republican-led effort to suppress the black vote. 
damn right. Um. So yeah, I right, mean you're, that's you're closing down. You know, um, voting places that are in black neighborhoods. They're making it that much harder to be able to access getting you know to a voting place or being able to send your shit in. You know, I, there is no fucking way that they could actually squeeze in getting everybody who is registered to vote in the seldom few places that they want to keep open that are all in wealthier, whiter neighborhoods. If they really think that it's not fucking obvious what they're doing, they're stupid because this right here comes down to, you know, another case of systemic racism. They're fucked. Um, so the next thing I wanted to talk about was this this is an Arizona thing. Uh, Kershaw, we love your rants, just so you know. Yeah, I wasn't even upset about it. Yeah, okay, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm you should not expect them rants from me by now. <laughs> <laughs> right? So here in Arizona, Governor Doug Ducey issued an executive order to meet growing job demand and support employers. What he's trying to do is to force people back to work for not living wages. Uh, we're going to talk about this very in depth in the wealth inequality section. I don't think that people aren't going back to work in restaurants and retail stores because they're getting an extra $300 a week from unemployment. I think it's because the jobs don't pay enough. But that's, an, uh, that's our entire wealth inequality section for today. So before we even start to go down that rabbit hole, you don't want to miss that. You don't want to miss that. That's going to be a fun part of the show, I think. Um, <clears throat> anyway, so uh, today's order rescinds a March 2020 executive order that waived the requirement that an individual receiving uh, unemployment benefits must be actively looking for work in order to receive the benefits. Um, so basically his, his excuse is vaccines are readily available. Arizonans are ready to get back to work. If they were ready to get back to work, then they would. Um, he says our economy is booming. Read that as, um, <laughs> employers are making a lot of money. Jobs need filling. Read that as jobs aren't offering adequate pay. More than 2 million Arizonans are fully vaccinated and vaccination appointments are available to anyone who wants one. Um, What's your population? A lot. I, for, I can't remember off the top of my head. But he quoted... Right? Did you just fucking, fucking say a lot? I did. <laughs> he quoted fucking President Reagan. Okay, in the press release for this executive order. As President Reagan said, the best social program is a job. Ooh, wow. Oh, hell no. Yeah. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Um, the f- so so yeah. they're saying that, uh, you know, all these people are just taking unemployment and not going back to work. But... Arizona's labor force currently is 100.09% compared to pre-pandemic levels. More people are employed in Arizona than before the pandemic. Okay. But the problem is the restaurant, retail, hospitality sectors. 
they're forcing people to go back to jo- to, to, to take jobs that don't pay them enough to live. <clears throat> um, I don't think this executive order is going to address that issue at all. I don't think that that I myself am going to be working less because we're hiring more people as a result of this. I think this is political grandstanding. You, you might be working more, really, because you got to train you got to train people and shit. You know what I mean? When you hire somebody new, you know, you're a senior employer where you work. So I'm sure they look at you to train others. So I guarantee that. Um, circle back to this in the wealth inequality section. Um, <laughs> but basically, I just want to say, I don't think this is going to do anything to address that problem at all. We already are back to work, motherfucker. Anyway, that's all I got for U.S., so I guess we're going to be moving to international news. Give me a second. Um, before Don takes this over, I just have a, a little bit to say about uh, uh, Navalny. Um, so... <laughs> He was quoted as saying, I'm, I've mortally offended Putin by surviving. Um, I, I do think that this article is important, I guess. I'm going to put the, the link in the comments. I'm not going to go too deep into it. But he talks about why he's still fighting. And, um, yeah, I mean... You can think what you think about Navalny, whether he's a good guy or a bad guy or whatever. I don't care what you think about him, but you have to admire the fucking cojones on that man. Absolutely. It's got to be hard as fuck running around with balls that big, dude. That's why they ride horses there. (laughs) They don't ride horses. They ride bears. I've seen the uh, I've seen the propaganda pieces. Come on now. Oh, shit. Ah. I'm How trying much? to like drop this link in the comments, but I didn't already have Facebook open on my computer because you know I monitor the comments from my phone. Yeah. Is there any echo or anything? Am I do I sound good? You I sound fine, fine. Don. Okay. I moved to a more comfortable position in my room. I found the event page. Holy shit. Now I can click the video. There we go. Opa. I feel like we should break some okay. dishes real quick. So there is that. Uh, shit, what was the other? I accidentally uh, closed the other tab. Oh, yeah, Russia. Oh, fuck. Russia. Oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. Russia is trying to ban. I say trying to because they listed it as a ban, but I don't think that they can. I don't think that they have a way to make that happen. Russia is trying to ban Navalny's political network by labeling it as an extremist group and they arrested his lawyer in Moscow. Um, Which the only reason that we've had any updates on Navalny's condition throughout any of this is because of communications with his attorney. They cannot take away his right to communicate with his attorney. 
So they arrested his attorney, so he can't have contact with his attorney. That's what happened. It's it's political. It's inherently political. Um, but they they put him on the same group. Uh, what is it? The Anti-Corruption Coalition or something like that? What's his network called? I think he had it right. I think it's the Anti-Corruption Coalition. So they they added that to the same blacklist groups that ISIS is in. Well, of course they did. Of course they did, because the objective is always, as always, to keep power and maintain the status quo. And yep. The status quo is Putin being in power and not being checked on us bullshit. And right. And yet again, this this is an even bigger crackdown on dissent than we've seen out of him already. Yeah. It's like he doesn't care. It's like he knows that nothing's going to happen of it. And if something does happen of it, he's going to spin it to his benefit anyway. Like, I guess I didn't realize until I started watching Russia a little more closely how much Putin is like Trump. Yeah, dude. Yeah. For a second there, the world had Russian Trump, American Trump, and British Trump. We'll call him Trump light. And Brazilian Trump. Oh, yeah, Brazilian Trump. We'll call him uh, chiseled Trump. I'm so glad you didn't say something not PC. No. <laughs> no. No, actually, I mean, it would have been funny, but... It would have been, but it would have got us deplatformed quickly, and I'm not about to do that. Um, so the FSB rated attorney Ivan Pavlov's <coughs> uh, Moscow hotel room Friday morning. And uh, Pavlov is one of um, Navalny's... Um, attorneys he, he's like the main lawyer that's been getting updates out from the sounds of it um and he's also a prominent human rights lawyer if that doesn't spell corruption they ban the anti-corruption coalition they arrested a human rights lawyer come on i don't know that's all i really got to say about navalny so don i'm gonna turn it over to you uh, all right. For a report on uh, Southeast Asia. All right. Are you, are you going to start it with the uh, travel restrictions, or are you just going to dive in? Like, what's your plan here? Uh, I don't know enough about the travel restrictions to actually talk about that, so I was hoping that you would talk about it. Okay, so I'll cover that real quick first. Please do, and then I'll talk um, about Myanmar. Wasn't there another country you had to talk about, too? Uh, no, I did share something about the um, Secretary of State for the United States traveling to the Ukraine to um, conduct talks with the Ukrainian president about how, and the G7. That's right, that's right. Yeah. I don't know why I was thinking like Thailand or something. No. Mm. Anyway, so uh, this travel restriction, I... I I, I, okay, so they're claiming COVID, which is a very valid excuse given the, the COVID state in India right now. India has been accused of undercounting their COVID deaths by half. And that's, uh, that's moratoriums, crematorium, crematoriums, and morticians that are saying this. Um, 
they're literally burning funeral pyres in the street. I understand why we're keeping people out of India with that being the circumstance. That being said, that also limits press coverage of those pyres burning in the streets. That also limits press coverage of the farmer protests that are still going on in the face of this fucking pandemic that has them burning burning the bodies of their loved ones in their streets. They are still marching against the Indian state. Um, yeah, that's that's all I got. Real quick, solidarity for India. They're going through some shit, but some like there's real no, shit. They're still sticking with it. <clears throat> um. Okay. So, news out of Myanmar. It's not looking good. And tell you right off the bat, it doesn't get any better from here on out. I'm sorry, guys. This is why I dropped the good news out of the name. They um, are. They are. Seems like straight up in a state of war. Yeah, that's their government right now. That's what it's appearing to me. Al Jazeera reported yesterday that after following the largest protests in days, um, which says a lot, <laughs> the security forces finally opened fire and at least eight have been reported killed. Um, that's across the country and Keep in mind, I mean, we're not getting a lot of news out of Myanmar anyway. Um, the journalists that are there are in hiding and being hunted by the military government. Um, they're still reporting. They're doing what they can. But, I mean, they're in hiding. They're, it's Well, yeah, and I, I mean, I know that they were fucking with internet access for months earlier on, so I'm sure that's still the case. Yeah, yeah, I would assume that's still the case. If you want to hold power in a region, the first thing you do is knock out communications. If the only way they can communicate is through you, then you've got them by the balls. Sorry if that wasn't PC enough for this, but no, no, you're regular. I got. Um, that being said, also from Al Jazeera, about ten hours ago, um, <clears throat> me and my rebels have reported that they have downed a military helicopter. This is my first time reading this in its entirety, so bear with me. I maybe That's pretty significant. But that is that is big. If there are rebels in Myanmar that have downed a military helicopter that requires weapons that I could go into detail about, you know, but that requires some weapons that I'm surprised that they have access to. On the other hand, I mean, they could have just fucking had some real well-placed shots with a, well, not like a pistol, obviously, but a Kalashnikov, I could see. Yeah, maybe a Kalashnikov. Um, I'm reading. The uh, Myanmar military has made no report of it as of yet. Why would they? Exactly. Rebels are reporting to Al Jazeera from Bangkok um, said that one of the rebels were, quote, one of the largest, most powerful armed groups in Myanmar. Um, there are many different kinds of groups, but the 
and I apologize if I am not pronouncing this properly. I don't speak that language and I'm just doing the best I can. Um, the Kachin Independence Army is one that is that has really kind of has been engaged in heavier battles. Um, I'm wondering where they're getting the weapons from. I would not be surprised if some of my special forces boys that I helped, you know, learn how to shoot mortars are over there teaching them how to do some shit. That is their job. That's what they're supposed to do, at least, you know, Diopresso Libre and all that. In Latin, it means liberate the oppressed. And right now, me and Mar fits the bill. But I'm not going to speculate on that. I just... This no, I mean, bad. the material conditions are there for a revolution, but how they come out of it is entirely on them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that being said, there's no way that somebody more right-wing than the fucking hunter that's in power now is going to happen. So, I mean, I just... there. Yeah, there is that solidarity there. Solidarity for me and Mark. And India, holy fuck! Yeah, dude. man, Southeast Asia's. Um, so the last article I read was talking about how um, they're reporting about three thousand to three thousand five hundred deaths per day. Um, but there is, according to the crematoriums, it has to be at least double that. At least. So that is terrifying. You want to know what's even more terrifying? Counties are starting to send back their coronavirus vaccines because people, there is not enough interest in getting the vaccine. For the first time that I can think of in my life, you guys don't care if you die. And by you guys, I mean just the general the public general who's getting half, yeah. who is getting half the vaccine and then not getting the other half if they're getting that one or just simply not getting it. Come on, man. I, I don't even, I'm at a loss for words. Do you know how hard that is for me? Rob well, meanwhile, meanwhile AstraZeneca said that there were supply issues in getting the vaccine their vaccine to latin america right but i don't believe that either we're not getting astrazeneca here either um we have pfizer moderna and johnson and johnson has been unfrozen have they yeah that was uh late last week natalie said capitalism kills period exactly yeah exactly <clears throat> i can't with certainty say that the next system is going to be socialism um, I think that it's our best option. Um, but I, I mean, regardless though, capitalism, at least, it, at least as we know it, is in serious crisis right now. Yeah, it's dying. I'll smoke to that. I, the next system we do get, if it's not socialism or something of that nature, it's definitely going to be left left of where we are right now so i mean it better be <laughs> yeah i was gonna say i don't know 
I don't know how much more right we can get before we start fucking Holy flying shit. a swastika flag. Yeah, right. Hey, can we talk Secret about combating fascism here. next? Yeah, that, that I was trying to tie that in. I'm glad that you yeah. picked up on that. So, yeah. Uh, Britain did a thing. Well, yeah. a police department in Britain did a thing. Give me just a second to pull it up, Don. I forgot. Well, while he's doing that, I want to let you guys in on something. We struggled with where to put this. We debated putting it in international happenings because it's Britain, right? But this is some actual fascism combating right here. Never forget to punch a Nazi. Your grandparents would have wanted it. New York uh, pulled back their dogs. Their, uh, uh, the robot dogs. I yeah. yeah, I saw that the other day, and I meant to like bring that up, and I totally forgot. So I'm glad that you brought it up. Public uh, opinion does matter sometimes, guys. The NYPD quit using the robotic dogs. Well, those things are fucking stupid anyway. The AI isn't developed enough to do what they wanted it to do. It, it's just it's it's just there to observe. It wasn't supposed to like make arrests. No, but they wanted to be able to release it into a crowd and see if somebody was, you know, like lighting a Molotov cocktail or whatever. Cameras and microphones, that was its purpose. But um, anyway, so real quick. Real quick, before you say this, you know, I, I talk a lot of shit about China for doing shit with cameras and microphones all over, surveying their shit. America needs to fucking stop it, too. Uh, America's been doing it the same amount of time. Yeah, oh, I know. I know. I just, I don't want anybody to be able to say that I didn't call us out on our own bullshit. It's fucking bullshit. It's absolute bullshit, man. Um... So, a British police officer who lied about his membership of a banned neo-Nazi group was sentenced to four years and four months in jail. Um, that is Britain's first serving policeman to be convicted of a terrorist uh, a terrorism offense, according to Reuters. Uh, he was sentenced to London's Old Bailey Court for previously being a member of the far-right group National Action. Uh, the group was banned under UK terrorism laws in 2016. Um, they are literally part of the National Socialist Movement. They are literally Nazis. Um, this 22-year-old cop was also found guilty of two counts of fraud and two counts of holding a document likely to be used by a terrorist. He separately pled guilty to possessing an indecent image of a child? Holy fuck, are you serious? Yeah, guys, punch Nazis, please. Please punch Nazis. If not for us, do it for yeah. your kids. That dude means to be more than just punched. But Yeah, I really wish, you know, like, when, when my ancestors, you know, just asked for some freedom from the Brits, they, like, took them and drew them and quartered them and scattered their body parts all over Scotland and whatnot. Maybe they should do that with Nazis. That would send a good message to the other Nazis. Yeah, to not be a fucking Nazi. Don't be a fucking Nazi. <laughs> you know what you get if you get if you're a Nazi? You get scattered across everywhere. 
Fertilizer. Fertilizer. Oh, man. Let's see. What are we going to go for next? Let's do climate. This world is on fire. That's Nazis, fertilizer, climate. That's perfect segue. Yep. Nazis, fertilizer, (laughs) climate change. So stupid. Hey, it's not just piles of literal shit that you can turn into nutrients. It's also piles of metaphorical shit. Yeah. Good to see you again, Trish. Good to see you too. (laughs) You're still frozen on my screen, but at least I can hear you. Hey. Then you can't see me doing this. (laughs) All right, all right. So I have something I'm going to share with you guys. God damn it. Yeah, god damn it. Oh. I, I clicked full screen and this is what happened. <laughs> of course. Yeah, it's no, like, are wait. we just going to keep playing this every week until they oh, get it's it? it's different. It's different. I mean, it's the same, but different. By the end of this century, if emissions keep rising, the average temperature on Earth could go up another four to eight degrees. Oh, bro, what I'm saying is, is the planet's on fucking fire. Fire! This is an actual crisis. Fire, floods, crop failures. The planet's on fucking, fucking fire. Motherfuckers. Fire, floods, crop failures. The planet's on fucking fire. Things could get weird. Fire, fire. Here's the problem. When we release carbon, say by burning coal, all of us pay for that in the form of things like fires. Safety glasses off, motherfuckers. Grow the fuck up. We can, we can do this. Do this. Less carbon, motherfucker. Less carbon, motherfuckers. Throw the fuck up. You're not children anymore. I didn't mind explaining photosynthesis to you when you were 12, but you're adults now, and this is an actual crisis. The planet's on fucking fucking fire. This is an actual crisis. The planet's on fucking fucking fire. We can do this. Do this. Bruh. <laughs> so yeah, that was pretty. That was pretty fucking fire, right? Yeah, that that was them beat slap, bruh. So <laughs> I'm I'm hoping that all of you got the point of that. You're not just like, oh, cool beats, man. The planet's no. on fucking fire. Listen, I got the point, but I also want to take a bunch of illicit drugs and just <laughs> dance. Where's my glow stick? Exactly. And some, like, Vicks. Trish knows. Right? I, I was laughing and having a good time at the beginning of it, and then I thought about it, 
and I got fucking real serious real quick. Like, damn, he's right. The planet is on fucking fire. We're all fucking doomed unless we don't do something about it. So let's do something about it. All right. I'm doing my part. I'm going and cleaning up like Tuttle Marsh and shit like that. Doing what I can. I mean, I'm uh, I'm eating less meat. I'm, I've yeah, been me doing too. meatless Mondays for a while. Um, I'm not drinking dairy milk anymore, really, but that's actually more to do with being in the fucking desert than anything. But still, it's not you good know, for like, you. you. You put fucking creamer, like cream, because I don't, I don't use that fake coffee mate shit. You put cream <laughs> in your coffee and you drink it in the morning and then you go outside and it curdles in your stomach. Like, no. Nah. So I've been... And I've also been like actually like drinking milk, you know, like obviously not dairy milk. I've been drinking oat milk more specifically, but like I've actually been having like a glass of milk with dinner, you know? I haven't done that in fucking years. Are you okay? Uh, yeah. Fucking psychopath. How much does a baby cow weigh when it comes out, when it's born? You know what I mean? Do you just do you just assume that because I live in the fucking country and and, and am clearly a hillbilly, I know these answers? <laughs> They weigh upwards to, I think, Let me like go ask my mom. <laughs> Your mom probably does know, though. <laughs> so, but the the difference between a human baby and a cow, uh, a calf, is so different. And yet we think that we need their fucking milk. It's, it's a bunch of bullshit. Yeah, the nutritional only, requirements are definitely different. Not only what we do, these fucking animals... I'm sorry. I used to be a vegan. So. <laughs> uh, yeah, they, we fucking we take the calf away from the mother so we can all have some fucking milk. So she keeps on producing. And yet, you know, or what? Exactly. And I mean, not that long ago, I was one of those guys that talked a whole bunch of shit about non-dairy milks. I mean, mostly because I tried soy milk. I thought it was disgusting. I tried almond milk and coffee and I thought that was disgusting. But oat milk is a good balance for me. Yeah, oat. It is even oat milk creamers out now that taste like you're drinking an oatmeal fucking cookie, and I love it. I've been on the oatmeal milk or oat milk, whatever, kick for a long time. I uh, made my own creamer with just oat milk, and well, I made a, I made simple sugar, <laughs> right, which is water and sugar, and then simple. fucking simple syrup. Uh, pure vanilla extract and uh, almond milk. That's the whole list of ingredients. You didn't get the um, extract day beaver? No. Okay. <laughs> no beaver butt juice? Beaver nope. butt juice! I really want to know what poor Frenchman was like so hungry that he saw a beaver and was like, I bet its ass tastes great. Right? Like I'm assuming it was some French fur trapper that was, you know, stumbling around in the wilderness. Why would people try to eat skunk? People, well, eat people skunk. do eat skunk. Yes, they do. Beaver butthole and discovered, mmm, vanilla. <laughs> and I would like to know who and why and what the fuck were they on. This, conver this conversation only leads to sadness. Sad sadness leads to hate. Hate is the path to the the dark side it leads to merch we need to put out some for we are many beaver butthole sex toys 
Listen, that's going to be on the um, For We Are Many dark web domain. Um, right next to Don Hughes's patented Dirty Mountain Chai, guaranteed to max your deadlift a minimum of 9,000 pounds. Mm -hmm. I'm ready. That's going to happen. You pick up my motorhome. Yep. <laughs> I'm just weighing out the, um, you know, the the Satanist propaganda that I need to mix in there and things like that. Adrenochrome. How many all-seeing eyes per pound? Okay, so I, um... Are we are many anal beads? And boy, are they many. Oh, this is not what I was going for. Buy them. Um... <laughs> At making things awkward. <laughs> uh, uh, all right, so it, I, I just want to kick off the climate section uh, talking about <coughs> natural disasters. Um, we've already seen, we've already been talking about uh, over the past couple of years, we've seen just, just in your state, Don, <coughs> we saw record setting flooding um, on more than one river in northern yep. Michigan, we saw a fire this spring. Yup. Um. So there Do you was. Want to a... talk about that fire because I have some more information straight from the actual Forest Service. All right, by all means, go ahead. Okay, so first and foremost, what happened is the Forest Service went out on the. Yes, there was a burn ban, but. At the same time, it was the only time they had the assets available to be able to do a controlled burn until next season because the Forest Service is horribly understaffed and poorly paid. Um, probably due in part to being part of the Department of Agriculture, which I assume was one of the things that our former president um, cut funding to. But anyway, they went out there to do a prescribed burn because it had been a few years since that area had needed it. And everything was good. They had the proper wind direction they needed. Everything was contained. And then they had a wind event, which caused the wind to shift from a southeastern direction to a northeastern direction. And... A couple of seconds from there the fire jumped into the canopy jumped the road went back down onto the ground no structures were damaged um no private property that i know of was damaged uh they were actually quite impressed with the forethought of the former forest service rangers that were responsible for f building the fuel breaks in the uh in the forest because they did their job they stopped the fire where the fuel breaks were um yeah it is as far as i am aware completely contained and out now it's rained a few times since then no loss of life thankfully um there are investigations going on right now but i mean the forest fire let their own forest on fire so 
Although it's not really their forest. Technically, they own the trees. Which I don't know that I agree with. But yeah. That's all I have on the uh, brittle fire as of right now. Um, unless Rob wants me to talk about that thing that we were going to talk about in connection with that a little bit. I don't know if he's still here. So was it just dry up there, did they say? Um, well, it was a combination of being dry. And, yeah, it was dry. Um, they didn't, however, <laughs> expect the wind to just switch directions on them like that, man. Like, Yeah, that's crazy. It was the wind that really heated it up and made it move over thousands yeah. more acres. And, and yeah. Like, like and, fire has a mind of its own or something. Yeah, and, and, and there have been people, I'm not going to name names because I don't want to call them out publicly, but there have been people that I've talked to that have stated concerns about the Forest Service being out there doing a controlled burn during a um, burn ban. And all I have to say is at this fucking point, it doesn't matter. It doesn't fucking matter. Okay? If you're going to complain about them spending money to put the fire out what's the other alternative they just let it burn right and let it burn entire cities down in its path jesus fucking christ no i mean i i do still think that they should i understand they had the resources for that day but it's not impossible to reschedule i think that they should have rethought it that being said hindsight's always 2020 yeah um I think that they did the best that they could. I think that they made the best decision they could with the information they had at the time. The fact that no one was killed and the, dude, Rob, me and Leanne went out there yesterday. The, <coughs> the fire stopped burning. The limit of the burn was at the parking lot of <coughs> um, Lumberman's. Yeah. Yeah. They I got it that. to stop at the parking lot. The um the campground it's looking there, by the way, black. Aside from that one, um, like the canopy is kind of brown and yellow, but mostly everything's just charred. You got char marks going fifteen feet up the trees. Um, mostly pine, I'm guessing. Yeah, mostly they planted a lot of white and red pine because well they cut down a lot of white pine and then planted a bunch of red pine because red pine grows real straight and what the forest service does is they let them grow and then cut them down and sell them for lumber i thought those were jack pines though there's some jack pine mixed in there but it's predominantly red pine that they source for lumber to well, I'm not sure what right now because we're obviously having a fucking lumber shortage. Um, for anybody who's wondering, the, there are big parts of that forest, particularly that area of forest uh, where it was planted by the Civilian Conservation Corps as a direct result of New Deal um, programs. We obviously, could... not the whole forest, but 
we could go to some go very in depth on that one of these days rob because it was grandpa it was mom it was grandma it was my friend susan's dad yeah i mean it yeah uh the the point i wanted to prove there was that we already have used progressive legislation to put americans back to work at well-paying jobs that did something yeah Um, so the Green New Deal is really not anything that far-fetched is the point that I'm trying to prove. Well, I mean, we have the Crypt Keeper and Darth Sidious, respectively, as um, president and fucking Speaker of the House. So the fact that we get anything done other than building a Death Star is amazing to me. Yeah. Not wrong, but I mean, with our military, that's the inevitable conclusion. <laughs> well, yeah, that's no moon. What is it? The police force is the third most, uh, the third biggest army, or their third richest army, or whatever. Third, third best funded army. Yeah, <laughs> the U.S. military. Number three is the U.S. police. Yeah, and uh, that's why we're all saying defund the police. And I, I mean, Don, I know that you serve, maybe you have a different like perspective on this, but frankly, I think defund the fucking Pentagon is, is appropriate at this point. I think, I think a restructuring of the budget and taking some of the funding away would be more than adequate for sure. We um, could start with half of it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We could run it on half of it. They paid... Fuck, what was it the Air Force did like a couple of years ago? They paid like two billion on some fucking mug. Yeah, I don't know. I mean the department a coffee of coffee cup? 1.7 trillion dollars on a plane that didn't fly. Yeah. Bro, bro, one of my units overspent the budget before deployment. And this is a Joe rumor, which um translation for anybody that hasn't been in the military, it's just an enlisted a rumor that goes around the lower ranking people, but the scuttlebutt was that we overspent the budget by $2 million for our regiment alone on fucking bayonets. I've never seen a bayonet in my life. The fuck would you I even use it? Right after I went through basic training, supposedly they completely got rid of bayonet training. Bro, when I was in infantry basic, before you went to basic training, they told us that only pogues learn bayonets. Wow. Yeah. <coughs> ain't nobody done a bayonet charge since Vietnam, and ain't nobody doing a bayonet charge ever again. No, I totally agree with that. And I mean, with with that being said, um, the the the, I think that the reason that they got rid of it in infantry training first isn't even because you don't do it. Because it's the only part, well, one of the only parts of basic that can be construed as fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pucal sticks, I was actually looking forward to. And like when they told me we weren't doing them, I was. It was a bad time. You know what I want to see? I want to see a fucking drone with a bayonet on it. I mean, I have a drone and a couple of big knives, Trisha. When you come back, we can figure some shit out. 
Fuck mm-hmm. yeah, let's build it, patent it, and then sell it to the military. Billions of dollars. <laughs> Here, this is what we're still making more than bayonets we just wasted all that fucking money on. Bayonet drone! Uh, right? Wouldn't it be dope? Oh, you man. Know, fly it in. And, and what? Stab it. people a little bit with a. Dr- <laughs> Stupid. Here's my out of here with that. Okay, I'm back at my computer. Ah, welcome back. You left us uh, unsupervised, and we just started talking about bayonet drones and shit. Yeah, I know, right? No, I was there is the sad part. Oh, what? uh, (laughs) I was talking. Did you not hear me? I was in the Zoom meeting on my phone. Ah, no, I didn't hear you. I just... Um... So I, I was, uh, we were we were initially talking about natural disasters. That's, yeah, that's where this whole thing started. Was the riddle Let's fire? Round back. Let's round back. Um, um, did you want me? We'll wait till the end to bring up the uh, the thing we're doing in connection to the brittle fire. Oh yes, yes. Yeah. Um, we'll save that for when we plug everything at close. Okay. Um, but. So we, we've seen just in the state of Michigan, we saw record breaking flooding. And for those that don't know what happened, um, and, and the reason I'm, I'm calling this significant is because these two events took place one year apart, less than 100 miles apart from each other. Um, so basically what happened last May um was well it was three dams total that failed right the the two big ones were sanford and edenville but there was one further back that failed too right yeah i believe so not as not as catastrophically and uh i'm pulling up a video is why i'm stalling right now (laughs) yeah you're good you want me to make some tucker carlson jokes i can do that Oh, it's gone. There, we, we can just keep talking, though, because this is just drone footage. Ah, uh, um, yeah. What you're seeing right there is a spillway. Uh, it, the concrete spillway was completely... it Like, the dirt washed out on both sides. Uh, oh, you remember going there after this? Yeah, we were walking around right... Well, <laughs> we were walking around to the right of the dam. That's a park. You can't tell from this video, but that's a park. Yeah. Where? Um, behind? Behind it? Yeah, when it, they're spinning back around. Okay, so right, this, this is this all whole, a park. This whole area is a park. It's fucking nuts. And it dumped like feet of silt on everything. The entire town pretty much. Uh Don and I did some did some work um trying to, you know, help people uh get on with their lives after the floodwaters receded. You know, and, it still doesn't uh, feel like we did enough. And I know... We, we could have done more. We should have done more. Next time, if there is a next time, we'll be more organized about it. Yeah. That's that's yeah. ultimately what it came down to. It was very spur of the moment. We didn't know where to go. We didn't know who to talk to. Well, I mean, to be fair, it's not like some shit like this has happened in our state before. I mean, growing up, this is the kind of footage that you would see from Louisiana. So, hold on. I'm going to pause this. Where is this? Uh, Sanford, Michigan. 
Okay. Uh, this is the Titabawassee River, believe it or not. Um, you can see where the river is supposed to run, right? But I mean, it was, the whole town was flooded. Um, so this, right, that's a pavilion, like you see it like any park, right? With like a 12 foot ceiling in it, you know, fucking tall, top of the building's gotta be about 25 feet. And it's just barely poking out of the water. That's crazy. Um, let me... This is, this is a little later on, obviously. As you see, it was uploaded May 20th, 2020. Uh, that's why I was in Michigan when George Floyd was murdered. But um, as you see, like, I mean, the water is up to the lip of the dam. I mean, it, all, the, the spillways are all the way open. The emergency uh, spillway is much overflowed. Now, the reason that this happened, this body of water to the right here is, uh, was Sanford Lake. Um, a little bit upriver, there was the Edenville Dam with uh, Wixom Lake behind it. And that dam failure led to the failure at Sanford Dam. But before I get into that, I want to just talk about how resilient the Sanford Dam was. That dam held out long enough for the entire town to evacuate and for everywhere downriver, including parts of downtown Midland, to evacuate. That little dam held back three lakes for about 26 hours. Um, and like... Small, <clears throat> Smallwood Dam was the other one. Smallwood? Yeah. Yeah. This is okay. There we go. <laughs> this is. Uh, I didn't oh expect, wow, that's loud. Yeah, I didn't expect the sound. Is that uh, what the flood sounded like? Well, that's what the spillway sounded like. So this was the Smallwood Dam. Damn. Okay, that was weird. Um, as you as you can see, it just went around the fucking dam. Yeah. Um, so the, this is all on the same river last year. It was so wet a year ago that, what is it, three rivers that feed into the Titabawassee? All of it was flooding. Yeah. Last year. And now it's so dry that the forest is on fire. Less than a hundred miles away. Yeah, and and to put some further perspective on it, the day that the brittle fire started, I was going to get some teeth pulled, and I remember saying to my mom, who was giving me a ride, because you know never operate heavy machinery heavy machinery under drugs, under the influence. Anyway, um, I saw the guys going out to do the fire to do the uh, controlled burn and I commented on how proud I was of them for managing the forest as well as they had because it had been years shit like 13 years or some shit like that since we had had smoke on the horizon and it used to be quite often like we used to worry about it a lot <laughs> 
Uh, so the the flood that started the whole thing. I don't know if they have the full um, um, like the actual, you know, like the one that that we saw. Yeah. Yeah, I know what one you're talking about. Social media following of this event. Um, we we actually saw the wall start to start to cave and the first rush of water go out. There was people up on actually there's still a guy right here up on this hill. Um, it was probably it was, that guy. It was probably that guy, yeah. I took a video of the initial thing. But he was out he was actually much lower down. He was probably like right fucking in here somewhere. Maybe even down here. But after that, after that wall started going, after the after the mudslide, the initial mudslide, he was like, "Oh, gotta get the hell out of here," because duh. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that that lake took several years to fill up with. Uh, if you don't know how a dam works, it doesn't just fill up overnight. Uh, reservoirs take uh, several years to get to full capacity. This lake took years to to fill up, and it drained out in hours. We're talking about like an Olympic pool of water in less than a second, right? A couple there. miles, a couple miles downriver in Sanford, <clears throat> when Rob and I were cleaning places up, uh, the what was it, a Napa or an AutoZone we stopped in? It was a, uh, it was a local auto parts store. It wasn't a yeah. chain. But the yeah. uh, the high water line was 13 feet up. And, and they were, like, in town. They weren't, like, on the water or even yeah. close to it. They were. And, James, I know there's sarcasm in that comment, but the, the reason it gets worse every year is because climate change. Climate change, climate change, climate change. It exists. The world's on fucking fire. Can't figure out what it wants to do. It wants to kill us. That's what and meanwhile, it wants to do. Meanwhile, we're willing to, what, sell ourselves to Elon Musk so we can go to fucking Mars? For what? We, we're the virus-wearing shoes, so we destroy everything. That's tired of it, man. We don't need to be, though. I know we, have we so don't. much more potential, and it's just it's tool like one tool song. Uh, don't these uh, silly monkeys? Oh, right into Eden. No, yeah, Eden has so, enough to go around. This yeah. is this is more Arizona specific. What I'm pulling up right now. I'll, okay, uh, but this is this is last year. Um, that being said, uh. It's still a little bit before fire season. That's usually about the beginning of June, but we've already had fires. Um, and it. Human caused anyway. and is currently under investigation. That this fire has also year. shut down part of State Route 87 from the Bush Highway to State Route 188. Second, the Brigham Fire. It's grown to more than 13,000 acres in just over a week. Flames burning near the state's border with New Mexico in the Apache Sitgreaves National Forest. A lightning is to blame for this one. And third, the Bighorn Fire, which may have been started by that same lightning storm. It has forced evacuations north of Tucson and has burned 
more than 11,000 acres. Uh, this is the only fire, though, out of those three with some containment. So crews have about 11% of it under control. Uh, still a ways to go, though, and strong winds this weekend, rough terrain, all of that certainly creating some challenging conditions for them. Man, shout out to the Forest Service, seriously. They fight fires with shovels and what local fire departments would consider the bare minimum amount of water. Oh shit, they had, didn't they have prison, prisoners in Texas going over there and fighting those fires? Yeah, well, Texas. Well, they do the same in California, though. The, those places is their own thing. I was just talking about the actual, you know, firefighters that we barely pay enough to do their job. Well, thanks to the prisoners that fucking <laughs> did that shit, you know? Well, yeah, in Texas's case and in Colorado's, California. California's case. Natalie said scientists are saying only like five to seven years left to act, so Biden's plan to 2030 or 2031 does not cut it. And that that is net zero emissions by 2031. The Green Party's Green New Deal calls for zero emissions by 2031 or by 2030 i mean uh the difference there is that if it's net zero say a big company like amazon plants a bunch of trees to offset its carbon emission that's net zero that's not what we're looking for we're looking for zero yeah you can't offset that shit We've done too much damage anyways. It, it, right, exactly. We can offset new emissions, but we can't offset what we've already done. No, we, we were doing it for decades. So, Let me ask you guys, what happens in five to seven years, though? Because we're doing a lot of talking about, like, we if need to doesn't... act before this. But what, what happens in five to seven years? What's the uh, we, we hit the point of no return in terms of global temperature. Okay. Yeah. Um, which I think that that's an optimistic timeline, honestly. I don't think that there is any way that we are not going to hit that mark. We're half a degree off already. Yeah. I, I don't I see five to seven years. So. Sorry for the grim, but... It's, we seem like this this planet's going to change, and either we're going to change or we're going to find somewhere new to. to live. And that's what I want to keep pointing out. We might we might fuck up this planet for the life that's on it now, but life on this planet will continue with or without us. That yeah, being said, I'm going to start compiling some like survival material for people to start reading up on. I mean, literally, we've almost killed. I mean, the bee, bees are still struggling you know what i mean they are doing better this year than they have been in the past few years but that's because of public awareness and public action yeah and yeah. i mean before that we have, we kill the bees we're fucked you know oh yeah that that's a the ecosystem is a delicate thing without pollinators meaning butterflies oh, yeah. which are in danger and bees which are in danger fuck wasps though just to clarify yeah <laughs> anyway um the, the point is though that without pollinators we can't grow our food i mean factory farms could artificially pollinate i'm sure that's possible but that's not the route we want to go down no, uh, you'll, you, you'll be working for food then. If we can afford to spend money to do, I'm sorry. If we can afford what? If we 
we can afford to spend the money to search space for another planet that we might be able to live on, might have to do some type of terraformation thing to make it livable and build entirely new cities and everything there, we can fucking afford to invest in fixing the problems we have caused right here on this fucking yeah. Whether you intended or not, that was a great segue into like actually touching on the stories uh, that we have for climate change today. But I wanted to take that big opportunity at the beginning to riff because the damage is done. The damage is continuing to be done. We're, we're today, there's three main things I want to talk about, and I'll list them out before we get too far into any of them. But 25,000 barrels of DDT were discovered dumped off the coast of California. This was a common thing in the 70s. They expected to find some barrels of DDT, but they did not expect to find 25,000 barrels of DDT. Uh, line 5 sounds like the state of Michigan's going to take on Enbridge to get him to shut down Line 5. That is way overdue. Fucking shut it down. Shut it um, the fuck down. Line three, we're going to talk about the water warriors in Minnesota that are trying to halt the construction of line three because we don't need another fucking pipeline carrying more toxic sludge through more native lands and fucking up more aquifers. We don't need it. We don't want it. We're done. The people are fucking done, man. Um, so I guess we'll start with the DDT because, I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm pissed about all of it, but that that one really... That one really got you? Yeah. Grabbed you by the chest hair? I mean, if CBS News is calling it staggering, that means that that is like... Oh, staggering, man. Anyway, um, I am going to click this button here, and then I'm going to click this button here. I'm going to mute that because that's probably copyrighted music. Lurking beneath is an environmental tragedy that's been unfolding for generations. A toxic dump site that settled on the ocean floor decades ago continues to wreak havoc on marine life to this day. Meteorologist and climate specialist Jeff Birardelli is back with more. A toxic chemical is making its way higher and higher up the food chain. Now it's in marine mammals down the California coast. So we traveled there to see how these creatures are paying the price for environmental missteps from a half a century ago. Loud and exceptionally social, sea lions are known for making a scene. But this California sea lion is sick. Known affectionately as Mooncake, she's being screened at the Marine Mammal Center, which is right near the Golden Gate Bridge. She's just one of hundreds of struggling sea lions rescued from California beaches each year. Another indication, veterinarians say, of just how much the ocean is plagued. About 25% of the adult and sub-adults do have cancer. What was that percentage? 25%. Holy fuck, dude. All right, come on, you can do this. Who did this? Do we know? Um, Who companies that were using DDT. We got to fucking find them and fucking... 
<laughs> Most of them probably don't even exist, but I'm willing to I would bet go that after... one of them that does is Monsanto. Yeah. It was uh, yeah. from the sounds of it, it was companies that were using DDT um, as an agricultural chemical um, in the '60s and '70s, and they were dumping waste in the ocean. That was common practice at the time. Because what could possibly go wrong, right? Yeah. Yeah. Twenty-five percent fucking cancer. Ridden. Good job, you fucking. Is this gonna like? I'm gonna like hit pause and try to give this a second. Um, in the in the meantime, I'll stop the sharing and uh, check the comments. Um, Natalie said, why are billionaires so interested in space travel? They plan on getting themselves out of here and the ones who can afford it. Once moving inland or Wyoming no longer works, depending on the type of destruction from climate change. I, I think that we're going to see a massive change all over the planet. If you live somewhere forested, it might be desert. If you live somewhere fucking deserty, it might become rainforest. We don't know. Um, uh, the, at the same time, the plant planet's atmosphere, or not atmosphere, but uh, the rotation or whatever is changing, isn't it? I literally, yeah, I literally yeah, just so, said that with my mic muted. <laughs> yeah, so we've been talking about that for a little bit, too, about the, the shifting of the poles. I mean, you know, privately, not on the screen. Yeah. We've been talking about that for a long time. And now we know why it's so erratic. Now we know why it doesn't seem like other times in history where the poles have, uh, have swapped, which I do think is still inevitably going to happen. But that explains the wobble that didn't make sense before. Um, the weight of the planet, the weight of the water on the planet has shifted because there used to be a lot in ice caps on the poles. And now it's in the oceans and it's yep. being sloshed out around the equator and it's making our day actually a few milliseconds longer per year. Yep. Um, and, and I think that that's, that's important to note, like, so much ice is melted that it is changing how our planet rotates. I hate to say this because I am typically not the guy that is... I'm typically not this guy, but... Best case scenario, a fucking comet impacts somewhere in Greenland and we get sent back to the Stone Ages. We don't deserve all this fucking technology. We don't deserve any of this. They did a mock... Uh, She's being screened at the Marine right. Mammal Center, which is right near the Sorry. Golden Gate Bridge. I, I, I realize that we're overlapping, but hey, it's Rescues playing from again. California beaches each year. Another indication, veterinarians say, of just how much the ocean is plagued. About 25% of the adult and sub-adults do have cancer. And uh, that is an extremely alarming number. As lead veterinarian, Dr. Cara Field examines rescued sea so How much was that? Cancer. Given 25%. the very severely high rate and, and how abnormal it is, it's really important that we understand what is driving this disease in these animals. And now we may just have an answer. A recently published study points to high levels of DDT in the mammal's blubber. Before it was banned in 1972, DDT was used worldwide as a pesticide. 
The nation's largest manufacturer was right on the California coast. Montrose Chemical opened up its Los Angeles plant in 1947. By 1970, it was clear something was very wrong. When a recent report showed a high presence of DDT in the fish, residents were shocked. This polluted Pacific water was coming from millions of pounds of DDT discharged by Montrose. David Valentine, a University of California marine biologist, spent 10 years looking into the company's past practices. So they dumped them into the storm drains, they dumped them into the sanitary sewer. In response, a 34-square-mile area just offshore was designated as a Superfund cleanup site. Montrose was sued, and almost half of the $140 million settlement was used by NOAA to try to restore at least some of the contaminated habitat. And one of the goals of the restoration funds and restoration work is to enhance fisheries. So the government tasked Jonathan Williams, a marine biologist from Occidental College, to design a seven-acre artificial reef just off the beach. So by providing healthier habitat right here, that means that it's less likely DDT is entering the food chain? That's correct. If you have healthier habitat, you're going to have healthier fish. For several decades, scientists and regulators were focused on the hazardous toxic Superfund site just about two miles offshore, while all the while an even more shocking discovery was waiting to be unearthed about 10 miles offshore in between here and Catalina Island. Large barrels of DDT waste were being taken out on a barge and then jettisoned and dropped to the seafloor. Chasing rumors of this second massive Montrose dump site 3,000 feet below, Valentine sent a submersible autonomous robot down into the abyss. Lo and behold, there are likely thousands, if not hundreds of thousands, of barrels of DDT on the ocean bottom. And getting the first pictures back was really the moment we went, oh, wow, we're the first people to lay eyes on this in 60, 70 years. But even with this underwater video, there was no response, let alone any course of action. I've been beating the drum on this for 10 years. I've talked to, to numerous um, people within agencies, within government, trying to, to generate some interest. But last year, after Valentine published his findings, interest finally followed. 10 years after your initial research, an article comes out in the fall, and then all of a sudden, there's a reaction to it. And there's a big research project going on right now just offshore. That's exactly right, and I hope it is just the first of many things that gets done. Last month, 35,000 acres of ocean floor was surveyed by Scripps Institution of Oceanography. The final count of barrels is still being tallied, but researchers describe their findings as overwhelming. But this new information is too little, too late for many of California's sea lion population. Veterinarians had to euthanize 29 mammals last year alone, all because of cancer. In the coming months, the plan is for state and federal agencies to convene to figure out just how to respond to these shocking findings. Now, Scripps says the report's going to be done by the end of the month, and by then we will know just how many barrels there are. But there could be as many as a half a million barrels. So then the question becomes, what if anything can be done to clean up this mess? And I think the moral of the story, guys, is what we do now affects generations ahead. Our children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren, same problem with climate change. Can you, like, literally physically go down, lift it up, take it out? It seems risky. That's, I mean, because if you pick tough, them up, yeah. they're 3,000 feet down. There's a different pressure down there. So this is not going to be easy if they can even do anything at all. In 10 years. Okay, so...
I'm glad that they addressed that at the Good end. Evening, and thank it you isn't as, as it would sound to just pick them up and take them somewhere else. These are barrels that are under extremely high pressure on the ocean floor. Um, they haven't been moved in 70 years. They're probably steel barrels. They're probably rusted and corroded. I don't know that picking them up is a good idea. However, leaving them there is not acceptable either. Um, so somebody much smarter than I am is going to have to figure out that problem. But, well, as I said, it's not as simple as uh, just picking them up. Um, let's see. The next thing was line five. Don or Trisha, one of the two of you. Um, one of you from Michigan. Why don't you Why don't you say what Governor Whitmer has been up to? Give me a second. I'm still processing what kind of fucking absolute garbage human being all the way up the chain of command in that company. Like, all of them. So, uh... Trisha's trying to say something, man, but, like, Trisha, you're not coming through at all. It's just... I'm so sorry. I'm sorry to be the one. To I didn't even you know that. you were talking, honestly. I just heard buzzing. Try again. Damn it. I'm, I even, like, called in from my phone so I wouldn't have an audio issue because of what it was doing when we first started tonight. Like, I, I don't know, but if you can hear me, um, I was saying that, that that's absolutely abhorrent that that shit is in our ocean right now. So I'm I'm with you, Don. I'm still kind of fun on that one. Like, are you fucking kidding me? Um, as for Whitmer, I haven't had the opportunity to really like look any deeper into the story yet, but uh, I do know that she is trying to put a stop to that oil pipeline because um, she actually paid attention to the science and is aware this is a high risk for polluting the fuck out of our Great Lakes, which we do not want to do. This is the greatest freshwater resource in the entire fucking world. And if that pipeline contaminates it, there's so many people who are going to be fucked. There's already areas that are fucked from various points, you know, um, types of pollution. So I'm glad that she's at least trying to put a stop to this one. I agree. We should governors so, all over the country. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we should. Um, I'm, I'm bringing I, up the actual article right now, if you want. I, I already have it pulled up. You're good. But I okay. just wanted to say I'm not going to even read this letter, letter to the editor. But this was the first thing that popped up on Google when I searched for it. That's bullshit. Yeah, the, the opposition... I'm sorry, Trisha. Say that again. I was just saying, fuck that headline. Okay. Um, the opposition's argument that we have been getting force-fed here in Michigan on every radio station, on YouTube, on everything, 
is that <clears throat> well if she shuts down the pipeline that's been corroding under Mackinac Bridge for however fucking long it's been there then we're just going to drive it across the bridge on trucks creating more emissions it's not that cut and dry but there has been damage to line five twice in the last five years um enbridge has not upheld its uh agreement nope. it is it is not anchored at the bottom every nope. so many feet like it's supposed to be it's laying a, a large section of it is laying on the fucking floor just laying there exactly and I mean, I, I understand that a lot of Michiganders heat their homes with propane. Hopefully, there is a way, or natural gas for that matter, hopefully there is a way to subsidize those, uh, those people so they can get electric heating, which can be powered through renewable means. Um, anyway... I don't know why I'm screen sharing this. I don't need to. Um, so environmentalists and in indigenous groups on both sides of the uh, border um, is uh, are excited about it. This is actually old news. It happened in November, but the reason it's coming to headlines now is the shutdown date is May 12th. Um, Canadian officials have appealed to their American counterparts, including President Biden, Energy Secretary Jennifer Granholm. Gee, I wonder why she's there. Um, she's from Canada, mind you, not the United States. She is our Energy Secretary, and I would expect her to be just as friendly with Enbridge as she was as governor. Yep. That bitch sucked to have as a governor here. She, she is the most motherfucker. You guys know you guys know the one word that I well one of I mean obviously there's a, a couple of words that I just won't say, but the one word that I absolute re, absolutely refuse to call women and I have called her that. <laughs> Right, and I, I want to clarify, my issues with Jennifer Granholm had nothing to do with the fact that she's a woman. In fact, like, I mean, between Granholm and Whitmer, I think it's night and day Granholm's a better governor. I mean, whoa, sorry. No. Whitmer's the better governor. Oh, God. I was, I was looking at the screen and reading Energy Sec Secretary Jennifer Granholm. No, she was terrible. She fucked over our education system. Uh, she fucked over the road funds. Everything that Whitmer has been trying to fight and fix since she started was started by either Engler or Granholm. Yep. Yep. But, you know, uh, that, this one, we're always pointing out these parallels between the Republicans and the Democrats. Engler, if I remember correctly, was. Yeah, Engler was a Republican and Granholm was a Democrat. And they did the same type of fucking shit through both their careers here and fucked right up the ass. No. Um, 
and, and then you know the narrative is that it's straining it's straining relations between the u.s and canada one irritant this attorney is saying the claim from the state that they are doing this to protect the great lakes that they are more interested in protecting the great lakes than we in canada are we reject that completely um line five is 645 miles long and it was built in 1953. minimal maintenance since then how do you maintain it it's fucking hundreds of feet underwater um yeah yeah it is so this is a good uh indicator here this shows line five is the dark uh the bold line and the enbridge system is the thinner red lines and um the Keystone XL pipeline basically just beefs everything up. But uh, 645 miles, Sarnia, Ontario, from Superior, Wisconsin. That's line five. Now, it does save some travel time taking it around. And then here's my problem, too, is that in Sarnia, Enbridge has a pipeline that goes through, I believe it's, I, I believe it's part of the automotive tunnel. Um, in Sarnia that goes or, or yeah that goes to Sarnia sorry but uh, let's see here let's look at the next graphic here so the Straits of Mackinac sorry go ahead Trisha at least in that case the one that's running of the, the car tunnel at least that's hopefully not got exposure directly to the water to cause it to corrode that was at least slightly more intelligent if it's in case, you know, like right. how the tunnel is. That's worlds away from the shit they built in the 50s. Like, here, let's just run the pipeline through the water, set it on the bottom of the lake. Yeah. Uh, so line five is actually two lines. I'm sorry, Trisha. I'm gonna mute you when you're not talking. It's uh, it's pretty buzzy. Okay, you got it. Cool. Um, so there's there's two lines that make up Line Five, and they run parallel through the Straits of Mackinac, which is where Lake Huron and Lake Michigan meet. Um, if you look right here, this is the Upper Peninsula. This is the Lower Peninsula. It doesn't go through Mackinac City and all the touristy shit that's right here by the bridge, um, but it runs through a pretty equivalent. It, it's it's about four and a half miles across. The Mackinac Bridge itself is almost five miles across, but it's also a little bit wider there than where the pipeline crosses. Um, it, it has been pretty much not really maintained in any meaningful way since 1953. How do you maintain it? It's under hundred feet, hundreds of feet of water. But there are ma massive parts where it is literally, um, um, laying on the floor, like Don said. And Weber announced last fall she was revoking the easement, uh, and that's supposed to expire May twelfth. So we'll see what happens there. Um, so. 
I was hoping they would have more graphics, actually. But the point is, is that Line 5 is a direct threat to Lake Michigan, Lake Huron. Honestly, everything in the Great Lakes watershed except for Lake Superior. That includes the inland rivers. Do we want a bathtub ring of fucking tar sands around the around Lake Huron and Lake Michigan? I don't think so. I don't. For that matter, I'm going to use this opportunity to say that Nestle needs to find somewhere else to bottle their fucking water. That's also true. But uh, concerning the, the tar sands, you know, I'd prefer to have beautiful Exactly. Um, Natalie said, I'm sorry, but Whitmer is not the real answer. Just another elite in it for power, and most any good is for winning votes, in my honest opinion. I, I don't disagree with that. She's a Democrat. She's just better than the last two motherfuckers we had in that office. Yeah. And I, I mean, is she trying to undo some of the terrible decisions that have been made? Yes. Is that enough? Hell no. She's not progressive in any, in, in any sort of way, I don't think. But at least she is willing to listen to the science on climate. Holy fuck. Um, Connie White said, uh, close it down. We need to invest in renewable, clean energy and protect one of the world's largest bodies of fresh water, the Great Lakes. Exactly. Um, Whether we're talking about restrictions or now being like, I can't understand what you're saying like i can hear you but not clearly enough to make it out never mind damn it uh, <laughs> um whether it's about covid or about the environment they hate her for actually Oh, yeah, yeah. I think that, that a lot of the right-wingers hate her simply because she's a woman, frankly. They hated Granholm. They said half of the same shit about Granholm, and it wasn't even true about her. Right. In their cases, I guarantee you, there's a lot of that. <laughs> um, for those of us who aren't bigots, But uh, that's one of those things that it's a reflection on how our society views education anymore in a very negative manner. Like so many people are like, how dare you bring up science? Yeah. You know, like what? Um, I, I don't get this. Yeah, I can't hear you again. The buzzing just, like, took over. Idiocracy. Idiocracy. I got that. Yeah. It's got electrolytes. It's what plants crave. Right. 
people who want to use science. Wait a minute. Hmm? Yeah. So um, I, I'm hoping that line 13 is a wake-up call for Wisconsin about line three. Um, so Enbridge waited more than a year to alert Wisconsin officials that line 13, also called Southern Lights, had leaked over 1,200 gallons of a petroleum substance called diluent. Um, they use it to thin crude oil allowing it to flow through pipes that stretch from Western Canada to the U.S. Gulf Coast, where the diluent is separated. It's a, it's a petroleum product that they use to make thick crude oil flow through a pipe. Um, so there, there's a history of Enbridge pipeline failures. Uh, the Kalamazoo River in Michigan is a good example. If you're not familiar with the situation, look it up. Um, there's not a lot of mainstream media about it. There was a lot of non-disclosure uh, non agreements that were signed. So there's not a lot of government statements on it that are public record either, but there is independent journalism on it. Um, it's still not, still not cleaned up to a satisfactory condition and probably never will be. Um, so if the new line three pipeline is completed and the old one is abandoned, the volume of line three crude oil will more than double. Um, and it'll be carrying it through that same Southern lights pipeline that leaked before. Um, I just wanted to throw that out as I'm talking about line three though, uh, the indigenous have been so outspoken, uh, whether it's about Keystone XL or it's line five or it's line three, the indigenous population has been very outspoken against these pipelines because water is kind of fucking important. Um, and uh, Palisade, Minnesota, there's a water protector camp. Um, you, you walk up to the camp, someone's going to ask you if you want to be green, yellow, or red. Uh, if you're in the green tier, it means you do not want to be arrested and organizers will direct you to stand in areas where you are not trespassing. The yellow tier calls for more escalated action and carries the risk of citation or arrest. Um, choosing to be in the red tier, however, means you are planning to and fully prepared to be arrested. Those in the red tier commit to continuing their piece of direct action against the pipeline until they are literally forced to stop by law, law enforcement. Everybody should be in the yellow or red tier. I mean, sure, you might have a flawless record. I don't think that being arrested at a protest is going to get you barred from any job worth having. That's just my take. Um, there have been over 200 people who've been, who've been arrested at different spots uh, with construction. So direct action, they're using stalling techniques uh, in, in forms of nonviolent protests at construction sites. Um, they're trying to generate as much media attention as possible. That hasn't really happened besides uh, independent media. So big shout out to places like Unicorn Riot. They've done pretty good at covering the line free protests. Um, Egro Vanguard Media, they've, they're, they're doing what they can to uh, amplify these indigenous voices 
And that's part of my plan as, before I wrap up the climate section. That's part of my plan is I'm going to go to some unicorn riot footage and, you know, bring up some. We're going to listen to these fucking indigenous voices. They've been saying the same shit for years and nobody has cared. It's time to listen. Um, so some of the red tier people are doing things such as chaining themselves to construction equipment, um, hiding inside of the pipes. <laughs> kind of hard to put the pipe together if you can't do anything with it. You're not going to pick it up with heavy, with heavy machinery if there's somebody in it. If you do, you're looking at a massive lawsuit. So <clears throat> these are very effective means of nonviolent direct action. Um, um, so the, this uh, organizer brought up an instance where two activists managed, well, not two activists, there were two activists playing two pianos, but activists managed to bring two grand pianos to the construction site and played music for an entire morning. This is effective, nonviolent civil disobedience. This is what gets things done. Um, I'm, I'm digging it. Now I want to see them wheel a piano into one of the pipeline pieces. I mean, they're not that big. It'd have to be an electronic keyboard. You, you can still fit 88 keys in there, though, I think. But you're right. Probably would have to be a I, I lost what you were saying again. That would be epic to play some music from inside the pipe. Oh, dude, wouldn't it? <laughs> um, so, Line 3 was built in 1960. Uh, it was initially built to transport 760,000 barrels a day. The pipeline has become corroded to the point where it can only support around half of that capacity. Um that's that's about one fifth of Canada's daily oil export to the U.S. So line three, I think, is their fallback plan for when line five is inevitably shut down. Um, that would take it through Wisconsin down to Chicago and then back up to Detroit rather than through the Straits of Mackinac. Um, replacing line three would restore the pipeline to its historic capacity and reduce the need to transport crude oil by rail. That's Enbridge talking there. Um, so construction uh, in Wisconsin ended in 2017 and wrapped up at the end of 2020 in North Dakota. So the only unfinished portion is the 337 mile Minnesota segment um, whose construction began wrap, or began as it wrapped up in North Dakota. Uh, currently, um, Enbridge enjoys the support of the Leech Lake Band of Ojibwe and the Fond du Lac Band of Lake Superior Chippewa governments. Um, I'm willing to bet that they were paid. I'm just saying. Um, the two tribes whose territory the existing pipeline passes through. And they're using the, those are their token, their token Indians. That's, that's all it is. They, they managed to pay, I think, 
a couple of Native American governments to green stamp it. And, uh, you know, then when they uh, receive backlash from the indigenous community rather than the indigenous government, they'll be like, well, we have approval. And that's been one of the big arguments in Minnesota is like, well, I'm, a, I'm an elder on this tribe and I didn't hear one word about it until construction started. I don't think those governments really represent their people. I think they represent who's lining their pockets. I'm sorry if that comes off as some sort of insensitive, but we're seeing the same thing in Washington, D.C. We have seen in Washington, D.C. for our entire lifetimes and probably our parents' lifetimes. Why would their governments be any different? Especially if the elders don't know about shit. Holy fuck. If the elders aren't being notified, then guess what? There's not full uh, participation of the community's representation. Exactly. You don't consult the actual community itself. Then no, you shouldn't be able to take that action. I don't care what type or what level or what vicinity of government body you are. You're supposed to represent the people. They clearly do not want that shit coming through their land or their water. Your government shouldn't be allowed to okay it without the consent Amen to that. So I'm pulling up some um, Unicorn Riot uh, footage. This is from February of this year. I'll, I'll Actually, before I start playing it, I'm going to drop the link to the article in um, the comments. Uh, Connie said they paid the tribal government, not the tribal members. Um, I said that, but thank you for making that distinction. That's an important distinction. All right. Anyway, there's the article. I'm not going to go through the whole article. Um, I haven't actually watched this video yet, but I know Unicorn Riot is very good about actually listening to the people that are there. So... dealing with some personal stuff real quick what was that don said sorry dealing with some uh personal stuff real quick uh, step this way it's okay everything's okay it's just some stuff i didn't expect to come up right now so i'll fill you guys in later This video was taken in late February. The, the protests are ongoing and will be ongoing the entire time that they're trying to build Line 3. I was um, wondering if Riot might have a live feed from 
Oh, uh, well, I mean, they they had live feeds pretty regularly until the Dante Wright thing and the Chauvin trial were happening at the same time. Um, I'm sure that they'll be back to it, though, but there's been a lot going on in Minneapolis, plus they're trying to – I think they're trying to figure out how to grow. I think that um, they do a great job in Minneapolis, but I think that they – are trying to grow out and uh, getting getting additional reporters, I guess is what you would call them, is crucial to that. Um, which I, I mean, I forget what uh, what this person's name is, but they were doing most of the the, the live feeds that they were doing for Line Three. Um, but but yes, they do from time to time have live feeds, but I they don't have anything right now. Well, while Don's gone, I'm gonna take a moment. So I just want to clarify too that uh, in February when these were being recorded, because these, this is all taken from live feeds, believe it or not. Um, but when all this was being live streamed, it was like, you know, a few degrees outside. You can tell by how everybody's bundled up. So don't think too much about the, oh, well, there's only 20 people out there. It's fucking cold. And there was 20 people out there. It's warming up. So we actually covered that uh, when it happened. Um, 
So there was not uh, an imminent extreme alert. There was not a bomb. Um, the whole thing was fabricated. When the caravan attempted to go back to the camp, they were blocked. This says by locals, but I think that's meaning local authorities. Um, but they were blocked from going back to the camp. So this is this is the the goal I think of the modern anti-protest police whatever you want to fucking call it they just back. they just declare assemblies unlawful what what I miss dude what are we talking about I'm so sorry everybody personally We're still talking about line three ah they declared assemblies unlawful well, I mean, they've been doing the same thing at BLM protests. That's what I'm saying. Any type of protest. If the cops don't like it, if anything's being accomplished or prohibited, then My they bad, just man. go... I was just trying you, to... We are declaring up. an unlawful assembly. Please disperse or you will be in violation of unconstitu unconstitutional law number 57565. It's unconstitutional. Remember that. Don't let them take away your right to protest. Oh, I apparently was not screen sharing for that whole thing. That's cool. I mean, I was more or less talking through the whole, th like talking through the whole thing anyway. Um, we covered a lot of that particular story when it actually was live streams, but um, the, the, the point is, is that these people are actually taking action. They're trying to disrupt the building of the pipeline. And uh, there's been hundreds of people arrested for it already. And they had about 20 people out there when that was being live streamed in February when it was single digits outside. It's warming up. That's all I got to say about it. Um, so I am going to go to Unicorn Riot's website because I want to see what the most recent thing that they have for line three is um they also unicorn ride that is they also um covered mayday um thousands of people marching not just in minneapolis but around the world um should have been everywhere shit i shouldn't have went to work i knew better but i did because i didn't go to work um yeah all these are from february and march okay just ignore my my i didn't go to work joke i did <laughs> fuck off man i thought that was great um uh, I, if, if anybody knows anything about um about the line three resistance that we haven't or haven't talked about yet let us know. If you know something that's going on that we don't know, let us know. We want to amplify these, these indigenous voices in the Line 3 resistance. We want to amplify um, 
black voices and the the movement for black lives um we're just trying to be we're just trying to be good comrades these conversations should have taken place during reconstruction in terms of, of the movement for black lives and uh the line three resistance shouldn't have to be a thing to begin with that's where i'm at with it i'll close out climate on that so now let's get into wealth inequality shall we maybe yes i'm looking for the slide ah i found the slide As you can see on your screen, we are the 99%. So basically today, this is gonna be largely free form. Honestly, a lot of this episode has been, and it's kind of nice. Um, but we uh, wanted to specifically talk about staffing shortages in the retail and restaurant industries. Um, I'm a line cook by trade. Don used to be one. Um, yep. So I feel like we have some insight here. It's not because they're offering that extra $300 for unemployment. It's not because most states haven't brought back, back the uh, job search requirement. That's not why people aren't working in restaurants anymore. It's because of how we're treated. It's because of the working conditions. It's because of the low pay and the lack of benefits. It's because of the having having to come in sick until the coronavirus pandemic. And still, even then, it's still the case a lot of the time where people feel compelled to come in when they're sick. Because if you don't, you're letting the fucking team down. Now, I'm all for the team environment in the kitchen. I think it's important. But that kind of weaponization of it needs to fucking stop. Yeah. It's not teamwork at that point. And uh, if you're short, if you're too short staffed for somebody to call out when they're sick, that means that your employer is not doing their part in making sure that their establishment is properly staffed. Yeah. Now, here in Arizona, we're seeing a lot of places that are slimming their hours or slimming their menus or closing on a day or whatever um, to try to deal with this and give their staff a chance to even have a fighting chance. And then there's other places. I'm not gonna name drop the place that I work. I'd be irresponsible of. But we aren't slimming down our menu. We're not opening late or closing early. We're doing the, the same amount of work with less people. What I'm saying is we're doing more than one person's job and still getting paid for doing one person's job. Um, you know, we're still trying to we're still trying to hire low skill labor such as dishwashers for minimum fucking wage. That's why the positions are empty. Oh my God, it's Dean. Oh, oh my God, a wizard is never late. So actually, I am sorry for the distraction you guys, but Dean is here, this COVID update is overdue. Uh, so I think that we should do Dean the COVID Bro. update and then come back to wealth inequality. 
Bro, I have missed you so much. I have missed you too. Very it is much. good to see you. It is good to see you. Let me just say, people, I'm sorry for my absence. Um, don't open attachments in your emails. Unless <laughs> you know damn well where they're from. I'm, I'm helping fend off a, uh, a massive uh, ransomware attack. And uh, uh, you probably read about it in the news. I, I haven't seen anything about it in the news quiet. yet, but I wouldn't be surprised if that does happen. So, uh, Dean, I just want to, well, first of all, I want to release the floor to you for your introduction and the COVID update that we've all been waiting for. Um, but before I do that, I just want to keep you up to speed on what the wealth inequality section is today, because that's what we're going to be coming back to. Uh, we're addressing these so-called staffing shortages that are happening nationwide in the retail, hospitality, uh, restaurant industries. Um, and how that's a bunch of garbage. Quite agreed. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I feel like it's kind of jarring for the viewers probably to, to jerk around like this, but I think this COVID update is far overdue. And I think that that is a more pressing issue given the situation in India and Brazil. I don't know Are if you're... Okay, there you go. I, I wasn't sure if you were frozen or if you were like just sitting there perfectly still. No, I had a switch network site. I realized I was still on a private network. I had to cut jump off of that. So, uh, yeah. Um, well, I, I only have a couple of concepts tonight. Um, unfortunately, they're big and they're complex, but I'll try to, my best to keep keep it as I can. So uh, if for those of you who've seen me for the first time, my name's Dean and uh, you know I'm a longtime listener and a many time caller. The, the, uh, if you have been listening uh, to these updates that I've been giving frequently, um, you'll know that I've been warning about India. Geez, uh, what, what, since March, beginning of March really. Um, uh, if it, I've had a, a really bad feeling and, a, you know, just, you know, it's 1.44 billion people, right? So I, I early reported that it was 1.54, but I was wrong. I was, I was a 1% off. Um, it's 1.44 billion people. And, and that's a lot of folks. And what, I'm, what we find is uh, the opposite of, of behaviors that we see in this country, whereby if you go the, the further out of town, out of out of metropolitan areas, you go into rural areas, uh, the less discipline you see, the more what I would refer to as as less adherence to safe practices as it relates to you know proximity and and, and mask wearing and things like that. And there it's the opposite. The, the rural areas are where they're you know, kind of doing the right things and with the hand washing and the mask wearing and the, you know, disinfecting also, you know, it seems like vaccinations are more widely available there, which by the way, they have to pay for their vaccinations. They're not subsidized by their government. And uh, let's just, we'll just pick on Pfizer, right? Some of the same vaccines that we have are available there and a couple of more that aren't. Uh, they may be under different names in India, but let's just pick Pfizer, for example, the uh, one round of Pfizer is about 
$31 US. So the complete round is $61 US. Which, I mean, let's be honest, if, if you're a, if you're a, a person of, of modest means, uh, that's a lot of money. It could be damn near as much as you make in half the year. And I'm not even kidding. So, and if you tally up the amount of vaccines that need to be paid for in India, you know, it's a lot of money. You know, it's 80, 80 or $90 billion. Um, I haven't done the math on 1.44 billion times 62, but figure I guesstimate it's about 80 or 88, $88 billion. Or, let's see, 1.62, so we have about 7.5 billion human beings on the planet. So that's half a trillion dollars to do the whole world. That's a lot of money. Half a trillion dollars is a lot of money. It's not the, we're not going to get the Joe Biden uh, uh, relief discount. <laughs> Really, the two thousand uh, dollar. Uh, talk a little bit about Biden's um, you know, address to the session of Congress the other day. It uh, sounded like he had Bernie write a speech for him. He doesn't plan on calling. It's like a thing. Likely, I, I I agree, and I saw that too. So, you know, I'll cut, I'll cut to the chase in India. There is a vaccine uh, availability issue. There's also a vaccine equality issue. And, you know, in the metropolitan areas is where you don't see the mask wearing. It's where you don't see the safe distancing. It's where you don't see the... I mean, look at the videos, and we may even see some today. I'm not sure what Rob's got queued up, but we've seen it time and time again where there's literally a three to 500,000 people protesting and no one's wearing a mask. So... I am not the least bit surprised that this is the largest human health crisis that we've seen post World War II, anyway. That's going on right, 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 right before our very eyes. So, uh, not not a lot we could do uh, except for maybe um, fundraise. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of UNICEF, but they are doing things that are getting oxygen into India. That is meaning that is the 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 difference between life and death is oxygen availability. So it may be wise. I have found a pathway to donate to organizations that are that are that are taking not just raw um, tank oxygen, but also oxygen manufacturing. You know, oxygen generators literally oxygen machines you know imagine uh i think there's several different kinds of oxygen machines of various scale that can create a great deal of oxygen so those are i i hope that we will see some relief in that way one of the things in india i wanted to bring to the to the uh table that people may not be aware of is that they did did a lot of pioneering in the very beginning of the pandemic as it related to treatment, um, trying different forms of medications. Here, when you got COVID, they basically tried what they thought might work and then they watched you die. There, they actually fought. You know, when, once you hit here, once you hit the ventilator or the, uh, you were innovated and got put on a ventilator, uh, Point to, you had a one in chance or one in 20 chance of walking out of there alive. There, they fought, they, they actually tried to treat you rather than, rather than show their palms and shrug their shoulders. Um, 
as our monetized healthcare system here does. So some of that, some of those techniques that they learned are coming to bear and they're bearing some fruit still, you know, I, I, I did see a dip in the past couple of days, which has given me a little spark of hope that it might not get as bad as I predicted it might there, but it also could just whip back up and we might see that pathway to a million cases a day, which I was afraid of and I'd warn people of here. So I, that's I, part I, A. Here that I, I do think, I've been reading quite a bit about crematoriums specifically and medical Horribly unsupported. They're breaking anything flammable. It'll burn in order to to be able to dispose of their bodies as as their custom allows and provides for. They're tearing trees down. They're setting up looting. Yeah, but I mean, the, the crematoriums are saying that the COVID death count is being by at least half. Agreed. That's what I've read too. Yeah. So that there, there's that, and we knew that there was there was likely some underreporting going on, and we also knew that there was likely people dying alone that may not be found right away, and they may not make the count. So, uh, I I don't want you to imagine a desperately, uh, I don't want you to imagine India as this desperate place. Yes, there certainly are areas of that. Yes, it's a hundred percent. There are areas of that, but uh, this is a very advanced and sophisticated cultured society, as you all know. So, uh, I, I think where you will see a hospital that's become overrun by thirty thousand individuals is pretty much the worst case we could imagine, and that is happening. Hoping to get inside, I mean, dying like, in the streets. When I broke my nose, what a month ago, six weeks ago. I mean, declining here in Arizona, and I can't say for certainty that it was because of of COVID. But I mean, like the hospitals were so full that, like, I was on a bed in the hallway for like an hour. I mean, like, just to put that in perspective, it's it's not pretty here, but it's terrible there. And, and I mean, we're having a staffing crisis because we don't treat our healthcare like they matter. But uh, yeah, anyway. I don't know. Is that is that your whole COVID update? I mean, We lost him. He's back. I'm not sure what happened there. I'm sorry. You're good, Dean. So, uh, was that your whole update? Problems. Anyway, uh, I don't know what you heard last, but uh, I'll say it again. Um, believe it or not, that's not the worst news that I have to bring to you tonight. Um, and then the last piece is a little bit better news. Um, ah, you're hitting us with the news sandwich. Correct. Nice. So I'm going to give you the better news and then, then maybe the worst news. So 
better news and i'm not going to share uh because i think that we've all seen where i pull numbers from and we, we probably even some of us have looked ourselves things are looking up right things are looking up in michigan things are looking up in ohio and minnesota and wisconsin um there's pockets always right it's not perfect but it's improving now you'll you guys will look at if you guys are especially your michigan folks and i think there's no you may see a, a big number there today, but that's two days. I mean, you may see something like 55 or 5,000 or, you know, depending on your media source or depending on what counter you look at. Just keep in mind, those are, that's two days stacked up. They, they, those, a lot, about, about 13 states generally hold back uh, Sunday and then report both Monday and the end of the day. So, or midday, um, things are improving. However, that is likely not due to vaccine. That is likely due to no, no one knows. If someone tells you they know why the ebb and flow, why cases in some areas explode and in other areas they don't, why some states, the death count is through the roof, like Michigan, but in other states where there may be more cases. I don't know. The epidemiologists don't know. The infectious disease specialists don't know. And if someone's telling you they know, they're lying. They don't know. But uh, I'm not going to go into too much forward-looking stuff here. However, I, I have had some personal experience. I've not actually had the disease. In fact, I'm on my second round, and I'm just about done cooking off my waiting period of Moderna. However, people in my family, in fact, three adults in my family who were vaccinated and passed their, their, their safe period, did indeed contract COVID-19. That kind of changed, and I think some of the folks know, or they've heard what I've had to say, or they've read what I've had to say, rather, and they know uh, kind of what happened in, in my family back, you know, uh, back about, a, well, it started almost a month ago. Um, just because you've been vaccinated does not mean you've been disinfected and that you are now invulnerable and free to to move about the community without with with with, with no caution I, I have to warn you yes it helped them it did in fact i think it made it so that they could survive the the disease i think it made it so that they were able to recover faster and i think for in total two households were caring for five positive children all under the age of, of seven so with that amount of prolonged contact with with positive people you could make a good argument that it was probably what you know you're mopping foreheads maybe you're you know you're doing what you're doing we're doing what you do and you care for sick kids um a few of the dads understand that talking about you, you will come in contact with airborne and, and find particulate matter so not captain america shield so please mind out please be careful makes me wonder in fact 
that was a H that was a, 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 a I hesitate to use the word, but might as well a hundred years ago. It's an ancient strain of H1N1, which is still exists today. We have a vaccine for it. It is not exactly the same disease, but nearly genetically that that rate that ran its course it took three years and four waves for it to run its course the virus does not want to kill all of us believe it or not viruses want to like all life it wants to reproduce itself again yes i know it's a dead piece of rna it's It's not a very effective uh, algorithm if it's killing off its host. Like all life, it seeks that equilibrium where it can coexist. We carry a million fragments of foreign RNA. There's, they're in the dirt, and they've been there for millions of years. These are, these are things that we coexist with. A failed virus. This is a failed virus. This is a virus, which is why you're reading about mutations. It took three years for that for that flu, not coronavirus, that flu, which is able to mutate more rapidly to mutate to a less harmful variant. One that which we lived with until we finally got a flu vaccination, what near the end of two, I believe, was the first flu vaccination. So this is an evolving situation. I don't know where it's heading. I do know should evolve to a less harmful uh, pathogen. I don't know when. Coronaviruses tend to mutate again. They tend to mutate slower than regular live viruses do. RNAs, you know, we need to depend upon a host for them to to trans, trans form their, their RNA fragment. So it takes a little longer than a live virus to, to make that mutation doesn't necessarily need a host to mutate. Uh, again, we should all plan on some variant of uh, booster. Maybe forever. Uh, I have no, no immediate plans of throwing away the mask. And, and, you know, Chucking my undershorts and joining a massive party, um, even though I am vaccinated, I have no faith that I'm protected. It's not conspiracy, right? I know of a vaccine that happens to be 94% effective, which is quite a miracle, but it's not 100%. So, and I think this is redundant. We all know that, and 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 that's my which piece of bad news. My personal experience has caused me to rethink what does what does the ne- what do the next two years hold us for us? And while I'm not saying that we should give up hope, I'm not saying that we won't see our friends again. I'm not saying that we should lock down and shelter in place indefinitely. I'm saying forget this. I don't know that. I don't know that uh, we will never get back to normal. Uh, 
I'm not willing to say that. I'm not saying we'll never get back to normal. I'm not saying that we'll never get to a point where we don't have to concern ourselves with these things. But I think, I think it's going to take us probably two generations to unpack what's happened to us here. We've got, we got 32, 3.2 million dead. And there are already more people. Actually, like 30% more people are dead now in what, a 14, almost 15 months than died in World War II in this country. That, that's a and in a hell of a lot less time it has taken over and likely uh it's taken over the third spot as a lead cutting cause of death and i've predicted and i maintain that it'll probably take over as the second leading cause of death in this country by summer, by the summer. i don't what we just experienced what we're in the, and it's waving through the country is what i believe to be a third wave i i still think that there's a fourth wave coming folks will tell you that there is a if we had our we're on our fourth wave now i don't think so and i'm not saying we just get four there might be a fifth yeah i um ultimately we have no way to know i have anyone some... who tells you they know is on your chain i had some uh some jokes that I came up with on the fly that I was going to use to like lessen that, but man, I don't even feel right saying them anymore. I think you but should. To, but to clarify <laughs> what you're you saying should. right now, what you're saying right now, Dean Paxton yes. is not going to go out to any of the orgies that we're having. I'm going to shuck my underpants at the okay. Antifa super slut. Okay. Uh, I will take you. I will take you off the um, the RSVP list. Then. But no, leave me on the chat. Don't leave okay. me on the chat. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Thanks. Um, <laughs> we're organizing. Also, you. Ron, you said something about Tucker and no, no, no. He said fucker Carlson. Ah, fucker Carlson. <laughs> yes. Tucker McScrunchy Face McBurger Town. Listen, guys. He was. A, it was brought to my attention recently that the first time this the first time in this man's entire career in the news that he didn't make a face that looks like a 13th century farmer being shown a combine is when he was letting his uh, viewers know that they might be in danger as targets on the war on white supremacy. I got a couple of questions. It's a lot to unpack. Hold, hold on. Hold on here, though. Hold on. Look at this face. Look at this face. He looks like somebody... He looks like one of those... Uh, one of those... Um, upper upper middle class kids that, like, were trying to figure out why we were charging them 50 bucks a gram in high school. Oh, shit. <laughs> Not really. To any any to 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 uh to officer friendly that may be listening to this podcast. This yeah, is, this is this is, this is satire. This is satire and, satire and irony. Yes. He looks like he looks like somebody in the Spanish Inquisition being explained have being told, no, no, I'm not a witch. Please don't burn me. After somebody went, Oh, Look what I can do with my finger. 
<laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. See, see, this is the uh, the being explained what Dogecoin is face. Doge, sorry, Dogecoin. I mean, it's like. No, man, it's it's like a it's like a farmer from the Middle Ages being explained what a combine is. That's that's exactly what that face is. Yeah, yeah. Look at this man. This is the devil. He's not even actually no. He's not the devil. He's not. He's too much of a cow. He got called out by fucking. He got called out by Jon Stewart for wearing a bow tie in an interview and has been too much of a coward to wear a bow tie since. Just when I thought I couldn't respect him any less, he goes and does that shit. So in light of that, I'm thinking about designing some bow ties that say fuck Tucker Carlson. Okay. Oh. All I had to say about Tucker. I don't like him. Oh, no. It's fine. And and I'm done. I mean, that was it. Uh guys, I mean, I I'm going to I'm going to hop on the chat and I can carry this conversation on if there's questions or clarifications or sources needed. Um but uh uh you know, I come about most of my information honestly. Um a lot of what I what I report to you is not my original thought. It's based on things that I glean from honest to God research publications that are, you know, very scholarly, and and I'm fortunate enough to have access to some of those uh, resources. And uh, they're from people who are subject matter experts. They're, you know, legitimate sources. One of them is Michael Osterholm from uh is it sidrap the um uh, university of minnesota's center for diseases and infectious whatever and said anyway michael osterholm um he's been a a, a beacon of of knowledge and frankly comfort uh throughout this uh he has his own podcast too i think it's called the ulster home report just about everything i've said to you tonight he will he will be able to uh expand much more eloquently and with more credibility than i do we know our limitations i think that's part of growing up know your know your limits i know mine President Joe Biden's first 100 days in office, which is the period. Who's playing that? President... That was me. I didn't actually mean to. <laughs> oh, good old Trevor Noah, though, right? Yeah, man. Yeah, I love what he's done. I. So, so time out. Okay, I'll go back to the video that I just accidentally clicked. But like Twitter, man. Okay, so like Trevor Noah called uh, Ted Cruz, Senator Cancun. <laughs> and uh Cruz got all pissed off about it naturally and then john stewart jumped in for you know the the tag in it was it was pretty glorious i i, listen, I just encourage you to go to twitter and find listen it. listen there's a reason that we are currently talking about making t-shirts with a speaker john boehner quote on it that says p.s 
Ted Cruz, go fuck yourself. If if you're so bad that John Boehner calls you Lucifer in the flesh. Yeah, that's pretty bad. Tries to get their big things done. You know, FDR introduced the New Deal. Ronald Reagan rolled back the welfare state. We're gonna Bill get Clinton installed that stripper pole in the situation room. <laughs> and to celebrate the occasion, last night Joe Biden delivered his first address to Congress. Yes. For hundreds of years, Joe Biden has sat and watched other presidents <laughs> give speeches to Congress. But now it was his turn. Of course, thanks <laughs> things looked a little different than usual last night. Instead of a full chamber, they just had a few people scattered around. It looked like the lights just came on in a porno theater. But still, <laughs> big names showed up. Chuck Schumer was there, ready to trip any insurrectionists that broke in. The second dude was in attendance, signaling a mother to steal second base, I think. And in a historic moment, Kamala Harris and Nancy Pelosi became the first all-female duo ever to get front row seats to a president's ball spot. But of course, the star of the night was President Joseph Roku Biden. Who Is that really his middle name? With a no. very ambitious agenda. America's moving. Moving forward, but we can't stop now. Let's raise the minimum wage to $15. Let's lower deductibles for working families on the Affordable Care and Affordable Care Act. And let's lower prescription drug costs. Four additional years of public education for every person in America. Access to quality, affordable childcare. Rebuild trust between law enforcement and the people they serve. The country supports immigration reform. We should act. Replacing 100% of the nation's lead pipes and service lines. We need a ban on assault weapons in high capacity. Time out, time out, time out. I wanted to point out, because I did point it out when I was actually watching this. Um, but, you know, he's talking about replacing all of the lead service lines in America, but he didn't point out that Flint, Michigan still doesn't have clean fucking water. Hey, real quick, real quick, shout out to uh, Comedy Central, Trevor Noah, um, the Daily Show. All the jokes contained in this segment are yeah. property of. Yeah, Trevor we don't. Noah. We don't own any of this. With the plans outlined tonight, we have a real chance. Featuring Joe Biden as himself. That plagues America. I still that think that that is a it's marionette puppet powered it's by like. To do it. Wow. Marco Rubio or something. And cancer. Biden is dreaming big. I mean, I half expected him to go, you know what? F*** it. We're going to Mars right now. Get in, get in the rocket, everyone. There's a rocket outside. Everyone, we're going to Mars right now. <laughs> and by the way, for someone who people think of as a moderate, this agenda was hella progressive. Okay, Free so climate. now I'm going to stop because now he's going to be, you know, telling us what we already discussed earlier. Yeah. I do think that Biden's speech was well thought out. I do think that it laid forth a progressive agenda, but it also named Congress as a scapegoat. I also, but he tried. I don't think he wrote it, man. I don't think he wrote it at all. No, I think Bernie Sanders wrote the majority of that speech. And then AOC like checked the spelling or something. Okay, okay, I, all right. I'll just stop with the jokes. 
I, I didn't say stop. I just gave it. Bernie I, was just off screen, you know, with his fists like, don't you dare forget about student debt, Joe Biden, or I'm going to shove 99% of this fist up your ass. I guess <laughs> this is the energy that people always bring to me. <laughs> oh, my God. That was good. I, I'm so glad that it started playing when I exited full screen. That was, that was a pretty good Bernie impression. He does a great Bernie impression, man. I'm impressed every time. <laughs> I'm gonna shove 99% of this fist up your ass. I wish, man. I wish he would say that. Listen, I've multiple times talked about running for Congress on the simple platform of starting a fight in congress just a full-on fist fight with every motherfucker there everybody that's been there for like 30 years get knocked the fuck out i think people would vote for me probably i i probably would so anyway uh we're, we're jumping back into wealth inequality now and and pretty much the entire focus today is we're talking about the so-called staffing shortages that are nationwide in the restaurant, hospitality. And... Oh, they just don't want to work. Come on. Next segment. <laughs> oh, stop, I, I, Dean. <laughs> I don't think that it's because they're getting an extra $300 on unemployment. I think it's the employer's responsibility to offer them benefits or wages that will make the job appealing. Yeah, well, you know what? That isn't what sells skidoos out of my dealership. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Speaking of, you got any of them? Uh, them black market skidoos? You know the souped-up ones? Yeah, man. We're all getting together. We're having a great big boat parade. Ah, in support of Biden? Oh no. No, just no, just oh, a no. big boat parade saying. Jet will be. We'll have our. We'll have our Trump flags. We'll be, we'll be blasting wakes and no wake lakes and sinking each other. And dude, that sounds dope. Yeah, he did that shit though. I know they did. I know they did. Sorry. In more than one lake and more than one weekend. Yes. I want to do something big, like, like burn somebody in effigy. We should do something big, like national strike until the minimum wage is raised to $25 an hour. I support all... Now, that is that is the kind of big dreaming we need, Dean. So, I, um, Austin said in the comments, even Walmart is low-staffed, and that, that's ultimately what it comes down to, is they don't want to pay these people. They they, it's low-skill worker. No, fucking stop that. It's, it's the, work. It's the, my, it's, this is the petite revolution. This is the minor standoff. My hope is, as always in these situations, it will escalate into something bigger. This is a minor standoff. You have what? You have McDonald's chain owners, a, a few superstores, you know, and, and it's common, right? It seems ubiquitous across the country. These, these makings are all there. They're absolutely all there. Well, I mean, you know, here, here's how I see it. They can either start paying us enough to get us to actually come back to work, or 
or you stop going to work exactly or we stop going to work and dean you mentioned uh, a nationwide strike and i think that if it comes to that point where the working class in america is that agitated and that willing to act then i think that uh we should push a little higher I, I mean, $25 sounds like a fair amount, but... $25 with healthcare intact, right? And I'm not talking about employer-paid healthcare. I'm talking about single-payer nationalized healthcare. Exactly. And I mean, I, I honestly think that if it comes to the point where the labor force has to rise up again and say, we're being mistreated again... And I think that we should, uh, I've been seeing it on, uh, on social media, actually, the four day, 20 hour, $69 an hour minimum wage or 420, 69. Nice. I mean, I'm just saying I could pay my bills on 20 hours at $69 an hour. I'm, okay. I could just in case you're, you, you folks, folks are wondering my i did change my background image back to an anti-fascist cement sentiment this is may day new york city 1929 a group of anti-fascists protesting we had intended to release a piece about the may day riots of 1919 on may 1st but uh life has kind of been crazy for all of us again still so yeah life was chaos um, no. So, I, I mean, okay, so in terms of restaurants, right, I work in one. What I've, what I've seen happen is we're running the line with fewer people, um, and, and we're just all burnt to shit. That's what it comes down to, and we cannot continue to do this. It's not sustainable. The thing is, the thing is, it's not a new issue either. It's just been exacerbated because of, and I don't know if that's even the right word, but it's been made more of an issue because of COVID, but it's been an issue. When I was a sous chef for Adam Merkel restaurants, uh, my salary requirement was 55 hours a week, which would have been okay. They had me working up to 70 hours a week. And I couldn't call in because I was on salary and I hadn't been on salary long enough to have sick time. That's another thing. We need to get rid of accumulating sick time. No, yeah. you have it. Point blank. Yeah. Yeah. Especially in the food service industry. If you are sick, you are a risk to everybody there. Hey, Dean, I've been uh, sticking to your three cups rule. Oh, fuck, it doesn't show up. God damn it. What? My cup. I can't. Coffee. Oh, yeah. Three cups cups of good, strong coffee, and I mean stronger than you're used to. Yeah, because I'm about to have my fourth cup, but I haven't been making them stronger than I'm used to, so... Well, let me put it to you this way. Uh, not to This is not Dean's recipe hour. However, um, do note that most cookbooks that you pull off your shelves, even if it's just your mom's Betty Cracker tartan plaid cookbook with a tartan plaid cover, it will tell you to make a cup of coffee with six ounces, not eight, not 16. That's in most mugs or even 20. Six ounces of hot water 
for one to two heaping tablespoons of coffee. I'm willing to bet most of you and most of your parents make what three heaping tablespoons in an entire 12 cup pot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, no, uh, no, at the old man's, we were putting like six. Yeah. <laughs> that's not fair. At the old man's, we were putting in like Valhalla Java and Death Wish. And man, that's all I drink is Valhalla, bro. That's fair. With my homemade oat milk creamer. Shit. Well, my advice is two level tablespoons per six ounces. You only need you only need one or two a day. It's been a lot stronger than what you're used to. In fact, it might shock your system even. But by God, it'll get your ass up and going. But uh, I guess just to, to wrap up wealth inequality, I think that we're at a reckoning point for the restaurant industry. I think that they I do too. I this think is that a they major inflection point. Yep. I think I that they have two options. They can either fucking pay us or they can close. They can. Cl- I feel like they. I feel like not only you're right, but I think we'll start to see restaurants door shutter. They're that fucking stubborn. They'd be willing to go out of business and risk their own wealth and health and livelihoods to, in order to just dig their heels in and not pay. This well, is I mean, you know, I, I'm just saying that uh, back in the mm-hmm. 20s, that it didn't matter how much they kicked and screamed and threw a fit about it. The uh, the union organizers took action and uh, made it impossible for the bosses to say no. Let them go down. That's my view. Let them let them sink and 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 drown in flames. If they don't have the business to support paying their people a living wage, that includes wait staff. Exactly. I you. And I mean, I, I've tried to like talk about this with, with some servers and they, they always tend to disagree with me because they think that even if they're making the same wage that we are, they think that they should keep all the tips. My, my idea, right? Because I was thinking, you know, if I ever have the opportunity to start a co-op restaurant that I want to do that. And that would mean that everybody is compensated equally and then my thought was take a tip pool and tip out everybody in the restaurant equally. You know, everybody makes a fucking similar wage, right? But like servers were just like, well, no, I'd be making less. I'm like, you wouldn't be making less if you were making $25 an hour. Just stop. <laughs> right. Great. And if you can't afford to support that level of staffing, then you shouldn't be in business. Right. And I'm sorry, uh, your servers, I'm not knocking servers. I'm just saying you're staking your future on in a pandemic come on who's dining in a lot of people man are they making that money though like they uh, did well i mean uh business is up to pre-pandemic levels okay at I this see. point so gotcha i gotta be and, honest and I, I, guys, mean, that's, I haven't that's set foot in a restaurant so i don't know this is uh the busiest i've seen it they're sustained anyway i mean like don't get me wrong spring training always sucks but spring training's been over for a month right and but we're not. still busy i i see and i and i hope that the, the the lion's share of your work is done in in takeout and i hope the takeout people and the cook staff the preppers are being compensated commensurately i doubt they are However, they're not. They're not. I, I, like I said, if Jesus Christ came down with a gun in each hand, I'm not. I'm not going to a restaurant. I don't know about how other people feel, but I'm not sitting down. I don't blame you. I don't blame you. I wish we were still focused more on takeout than we currently are, but we can barely keep up with what we have in house. Interesting. 
Um, but I mean, you know, we're back to 100% capacity now and we have been for like a month and we still have people waiting 45 minutes to an hour every day of the week to get in. See, I and, feel like that's what's happened, right? Because the market has been so structured by casual dining chains that that's what people expect. And the reality is, I think the, that this this pandemic has rewired much of the country's brain. Why, why do we out in the first place? So we don't have to cook. Maybe we like to have fun. I don't want to sit in a fucking restaurant. I never did. I, if I can take a meal home so I don't have to cook, I'm happy with that. Preferably not an individual meal, but rather a meal that looks similar to what I would have put on my table. So maybe a large portion of this dish, a large portion of that dish, et cetera. Right. I, I see that. And I don't think that that's going to happen unless employee owned in, you know, cooperative um, and not restaurants. They won't, I don't think they should be called restaurants. I, I don't know what they should be called, but I think that there is opportunity for this, this restructured outsourcing of cooking. So actually, I'm going to take a moment to like plug myself here. After, after things like calm down at work and I'm not working six days, I was talking to Emily about this the other day, and I think that I should do um, like a cooking segment for, a, for lack of a better way to put it. I mean, think like an online cooking show, but I'll do it for like my meatless Mondays or, you know, like cooking on a budget or. It's a great idea. Um. I, I think that what I do for a living should be common knowledge in every household in America. Well, not even just America, but the world. But I mean, it's a big problem here because we rely so much on our consumerist tendencies. Yes. And as a professional cook, one of the best things you could teach people is how to do these simple, uh, how to create simple meals, um, sustain repeatedly, you know, so that they, they're not reinventing the recipe every time they make it. I mean, that being said, the, I, I, I kind of want to focus on like how to cook rather than add this exactly. much of this, add this much of no, that. No, I, I don't. Right. That's not how I cook. Right. I'm, I'm an old school guy. You cook by feel. And um, I, I want every one of you to know you, you taste your food as you make it several steps throughout the process to make sure it's where you want it. Um, you, you, you don't just like pour a bunch of ingredients in a pot, stir it and call it a soup. That's not how, <laughs> that's not how it happens. And then when you're done cooking, your, uh, your appetite's gone, right? <laughs> well, no, I mean, <laughs> I've had that happen to me a million times. I, I can't say I haven't had that happen, but since I've worked in restaurants for so long, I'm used to small tastes, but Oh, I, no, I don't mean because you sample. I mean just because you you had the food in your hands and in your face and in your nose and eyes. You're just sick of food and you're oh, and you don't have the energy to eat. I've had that, but you know I'm a home cook, so that's a big difference. Yeah, I was gonna say like I mean honestly, if that was the case, I would literally never eat. <laughs> you know, I've, but, I've been a I've been a t parent my entire adult life, so I'm, I've been I've cooked many many thousands of meals. I mean, for that matter, I'd really like to, you know, get involved with some mutual aid organizations. I mean, I need to do something I can make a living off of. But if I can, like, find a nonprofit to cook for where I can actually, like, okay, so a lot of these, like, soup kitchens and stuff really bother me. I, I, and it's, it, it's just, like, my own food snobbishness, I guess, right? Because they always serve a bunch of, like, canned, processed, cheap food to 
uh, less fortunate people. And I don't, I, I think that's starting them off on a bad foot, you know, in terms of, like, if you're really trying to help these people, give them something with some nutritional value, give them something that actually has flavor that makes them feel like they matter, not something that they could have got in jail had they burnt down an abandoned building and got caught, you know, like humanize it. They're still humans and they deserve real food just like you and I. Well, I probably have prepared what would uh, equate to punishment loaf in this house. So. Are you referring to meatloaf? <laughs> no, punishment loaf that they serve is... in prison. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Exactly <laughs> what you're talking about. <laughs> I've seen enough scared straight to know what you're talking about. Believe it or not, ladies, gentlemen, and all my non-binary comrades in the comments, um, your boy has never been to jail. That is outstanding. It is outstanding, especially with the area that we come from. Me and Rob, yeah, it's surprising. I'm one of few. Yeah, I've been there a couple times. The good old Iosco Hilton. Yeah. In that county, it is customary if you do not have the money to pay your fines that you set them off at $20 a day. Yep. Which is, I believe, technically against the law, but. Yeah, I, I think it is too, but I mean, if you don't have the money to pay your fines, you don't have the money to sue the state or the county. Yeah. So. So far, that seems to be a risk that is. Uh, paid off for them but no it's it's awful actually i sat off the same set of fines twice for my dog being off its leash but uh you know due process and all that jazz <clears throat> yeah so uh today we have Pretty much the sections we have left are LGBTQ news and uh, the Revolutionary Left Book Club. So I guess that we can go into the book club first. Okay. And Dean, um, I, I was talking in the meeting before the stream about how I would like to uh, kind of change a little bit how we're doing the, uh, the book club. I'd like to, I want to make it more interactive, right? So like, Obviously, this is going to be easy for quotations with Chairman Mao because it's a collection of quotations, but like, right. you know, read a couple of quotations and then talk about them. Um, okay. So I like don't, don't feel like you're, you're cutting me off if you want to interject something. By all means, I am encouraging that. We are in chapter 10 of the Little Red Book. I am uh, opening it currently. By the way, I meant to mention uh, relatively recently, um, like within the last hour or two, um, the FDA did announce that starting next week, adolescents 12 to 15 will be eligible for the vaccine. They're Pfizer anyway. Good. That's pretty big news for a lot of parents. Yes. Well, we're still waiting for the... Uh... <laughs> the book to load um oh i have it open now okay hey let me know what page you're on because for some reason the pdf i downloaded apparently only goes to chapter five it's only got 26 pages oh that's weird 
Yeah. Uh, chapter 10 starts on page 54. And uh, um, if you got um, Don and, and anyone who's listening, if you if you simply uh, search for. Uh, uh, well, there's a couple terms, but Little Red Book and Project Gutenberg, and you'll find a mobile ready a PDF that you can watch. You can read along with the okay. Marxist Internet Archive has an app, too. I found I, I found oh, out. Shit. Yeah, I actually meant to download it, but I forgot about it until just now. But I don't remember what it's called. So give me a second here. Um, if you, it's it, little red book is just easier than 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 searching for uh, quotations from German. I'll say down. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's. Should I go with the version? Book. Should I go with the version they have at Cambridge.com or .org? Sorry. I don't see why not. I saw that link, but I, I always just go to the Marxist Internet Archives. Fair. I'm kind of frustrated. I don't. I'll have to uh, look up later what that app was called. But um, so this is a uh, kind of a dry chapter, honestly. It's about leadership of party committees. Um, and it kind of explains the party committee system. Um, a lot of groups since have used the committee system as a way to structure. Um, but of course, it does have its fallbacks. You have visible leaders that can be taken out or sabotaged or, you know, so on and so forth. But anyway, um, the party committee system is an important party institution for ensuring collective leadership and preventing any individual from monopolizing the conduct of affairs. It has recently been found that in some, but of course not all, leading bodies, it is the habitual practice for one individual to monopolize the conduct of affairs and decide important problems. Uh, solutions to important problems are decided not by party committee meetings, but by one individual and membership in the party committee has become nominal. Differences of opinion among committee members cannot be resolved and are left unresolved for a long time Members of the party committee maintain only formal, not real, unity amongst themselves. The situation must be changed. From now on, a sound system of party committee meetings must be instituted in all leading bodies, from the regional bureaus of the central committee to the prefectural uh, party committees, from the party committees of the fronts to the party committees of brigades and military areas, <clears throat> and the leading party members, groups and government bodies, people's organizations, and news agencies and newspaper offices. All important problems must be submitted to the committee for discussion, and the committee members present should express their views fully and reach definite decisions, which should then be carried out by the members concerned. Uh, party committee meetings must be divided into two categories, standing committee meetings and plenary sessions, and the two should not be confused. Furthermore, we must take care that neither collective leadership nor personal responsibility is overemphasized to the neglect of the other. In the army, the person in command has the right to make emergency decisions during battle and when circumstances require. 
So what they were trying to prevent was uh, things like we saw in the Soviet Union, where power essentially was consolidated in the hand of one man. And I think that was Mao's answer to it, was to give it more checks and balances. Right. Yeah, that's what it sounds like to me. That's the way it reads to me, at least. Um, so the secretary of a party committee must be good at being a, quote, squad leader. A party committee has 10 to 20 members. It is like a squad in the army. And the secretary is like the squad leader. It is indeed not easy to lead this squad well. Each regional bureau or sub-regional bureau of the Central Committee now leads a vast area and shoulders very heavy responsibilities. To lead means not only to decide general and specific policies, but also to devise correct methods of work. <clears throat> Even with correct general and specific policies, troubles may still arise if methods of work are neglected. To fulfill its task of exercising leadership, a party committee must rely on its squad members and enable them to play their part, parts to the full. To be a good squad leader, the secretary should study hard and investigate thoroughly. A secretary or deputy secretary will find it difficult to direct his squad well if he does not take care to do propaganda and organizational work among his own squad members, is not good at handling his relations with committee members, or does not study how to run meetings successfully. If the squad members do not march in step, they can never expect to lead tens of millions of people in fighting or construction. Of course, <clears throat> the relation between the secretary and the committee members is one with the one which the minority must obey the majority. So it is different from the relation between a squad leader and his men. Here we speak only by way of analogy. Um, so I, I mean, essentially, they're, they're talking about how I think what he's trying to say is that it's difficult to lead uh, so many people that probably have different backgrounds and different ideas. It's hard to get them to work together on a path forward. Um, and that's what makes a good leader is the ability to do that. Um, place problems on the table. Actually, did anybody else want to say anything? I just kind of jumped ahead. Uh, I was just, I don't know, passing thoughts. Like, uh, this is why I say things like the army hand has a tendency to breed um, socialist ideals. Well, I mean, yeah. in terms of the, uh, isn't it odd? Exactly. Um. Jesus, what was I just saying? Although I think in terms of this, it would be communist, but whatever. Leftist ideals. Um, anyway, so place problems on the table. This should be done not only by the leader, but by the committee members as well. Do not talk behind people ba people's backs. When problems arise, call a meeting. Place the problems on the table for discussion. Uh, make some decisions and the problems will be solved. If the problems exist and are not placed on the table, they will, they will remain unsolved for a long time and even drag on for years. The squad leader and committee members should show understanding in, the in their relations with each other. Nothing is more important than mutual understanding, support, and friendship between the secretary and the committee members, between the central committee and its regional bureaus, and between the regional bureaus and area party committees. 
um, exchange information. So like if something's going on over here, let the people over here know what's going on. This means that uh, members of a party committee should keep each other informed and exchange views on matters that have come to their attention. This is of great importance in achieving a common language. Some fail to do so, and like the people described by Lao Tzu, do not visit each other all their lives, though the crowing of their cocks and the barking of their dogs are within hearing of each other. The result is that they lack a common language. Ask your subordinates about matters you don't understand or don't know, and do not lightly express your approval or disapproval. We should never pretend to know what we don't know, and we should not feel ashamed to ask and learn from people below. So before I continue with that quote, ask your subordinates, not ask your superiors, ask your subordinates. If you don't know, don't pretend you do. Don't fake it till you make it. Like, well, I mean, like the army, honestly. <laughs> the army yeah, don't fake it till you make it, bro. That's 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 uh that's that's twelve step program. That, that, yeah, that's the that's the I I don't know. I think the twelve step program program's actually the thirteen step program. Oh, but hmm. well, I mean, you guys know what the thirteenth step is, right? Yes, I do. Never fuck hey. your sponsor. Ah, <laughs> no, that's rule number one. Oh. 13th step is relapse. Right. Oh. Which is just accepted in AA. Okay, so then I, I stand corrected. It's okay to fuck your sponsor. It's... No, dude. <laughs> oh. Listen, Dean, I'm Sorry. not going to... What, what two adults do in a hotel room, a car, in a back alley, what, wherever you find love, it's not my business. Um, anyway, we should listen carefully to the views of the cadres at lower levels. Be a pupil before you become a teacher. Learn from the cadres at the lower levels before you issue orders. What the cadres at the lower levels say may or may not be correct. After hearing it, we must analyze it. We must heed the correct views and act upon them. Listen also to the mistaken views from below. It is wrong not to listen to them at all. Um, such views, however, should not be acted upon, but be criticized. <clears throat> and uh, I, I feel like there's a lot of I, Eastern, I guess, um, philosophy sprinkled in through this. I do question whether or not the old master would view Mao as a um, as a a true Taoist leader, but. I mean, he quoted Lao Tzu. That's that's all right. At least he knew relatively what Lao Tzu was talking about. Um, By the way, that's not a name. That simply means old master. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Uh, so he said, learn to, quote, play the piano. And playing the piano, all ten fingers are in motion. It won't do to move some fingers and not others. But if all ten fingers press down at once, there is no melody. To produce good music, the ten fingers should move rhythmically and in coordination. A party committee should keep a firm grasp on its central task, and at the same time, around the central task, it should unfold the work in other fields. At present, we have to take care of many fields. Um, so that, that's probably from, you know, during or shortly after the revolution, I would assume. 
Um, at present, we have to take care of many fields. We must look after the work in all areas, armed units and departments. We do not give all our attention to a few problems to the exclusion of other problems. Whenever there is a problem, we must put our finger on it. And this is a method we must master. Some play the piano well and some badly. And there is a great difference in the melodies they produce. Members of party committees must learn to play the piano well. I, I can understand what he's saying there. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's talking about rhythm and coordination. I can't think of a better um, metaphor for that. Playing the bass. All right. Whoa. That's hey, Trisha. Hello. Uh. I'm glad you're still with us, but I can't hear a word you're saying. <laughs> I, I heard you laughing. Well, that's good. <laughs> I don't know what's fucked up with my phone tonight. No. I was such a, a fan of the piano. That's probably really hard for people to hear on the other end, but uh, I, I did hear that you admire his appreciation for the piano. Trisha, can you please mute that? <laughs> Thank you. Poor Trisha. Yeah, she got I don't, in. Hey, yeah. guys. Um, Bummer. I don't think we're still streaming to Facebook. We got flagged. Um, there's action being taken against our video for uh, by um, Behind Woods. Uh, 30 seconds of our video is owned by them. Although it's showing me still on the screen on my TV, so I'm very confused. Because we are on the page. Oh. Yeah, we're still live. Yeah, but we're technically not. Nobody, nobody is viewing except for us because it's our video. Yeah. So uh, for All right, the, you for, go do you keep rolling and I'll I'll see if I can dispute it. I'm already in the dispute thing. Okay. If you're if you're listening on a podcast platform, I apologize for the or technological difficulties. Uh, yeah. We'll check YouTube now. I mean, I always just click fair use and submit. Oh, they want a detailed explanation. We used the material as an informative resource. Fair use. We cite your use. We cite your works. 
All right. Well, and anyway. And we do not have a strike on YouTube, and we are live still. Cool. Um, I'm going to comment. They said it was 36 seconds of video. Will it show me what 36 seconds? I, uh, face, it's hit or miss with Facebook. Yeah, yeah it, it doesn't seem to be the case. Um... I did find the quote that I was looking for to back up why I wonder question whether Lao Tzu would view Mao as a um, decent Taoist leader, if anyone's interested. So I am. Uh, I'm sorry. What did you say, Dom? Oh, um, it appears that we're back live on facebook again um was our dispute accepted uh natalie's commenting so it's and people well, yeah yeah commenting but i don't think that the feed is going it's showing us with no viewers ah hmm. it's going for me it doesn't mean it's going for everybody right but we're admins on the page so it would even if it's blocked to everybody else i'm uh working on dropping a link to the youtube Um, son of a bitch. There we go. No, what I was saying was I found a quote, um, that was the basis for why I question whether Lao Tzu would view Chairman Mao as a good Taoist leader or not. Um, if anyone's interested in that, I have it right here. Go ahead. Okay. Um, chapter 17 of the Tao Te Ching, written by Lao Tzu, says, The best leaders are those the people hardly know exist. The best leader is who is loved and praised. Next, come the one, next comes the one who is feared. The worst one is the leader who is despised. If you don't trust the people, they will become untrustworthy. The best leaders value their words and use them sparingly. When the master has accomplished her task, the people say, amazing, we did it all by ourselves. Hmm. It appears that we are back on Facebook. We have viewers now. Hey, Opa! Let me find the link back to that. I'm excited. I also pinned in the comments the link to the YouTube if we get flagged again. Um, that's... I think that I'm going to start doing that. Yeah, because it seems like they've been coming after us a lot more lately. Yeah. I, I mean, almost every Monday we get flagged for something. Even if we don't think that we're using any copyrighted shit at all, we somehow get flagged almost every Monday. It's automated. They hate dealing with it as much as we hate responding to it. Fair. Fair. Oh, yeah. wow. That is fair. Okay, anyway, back to the book. Sorry. Uh, quote, have a head for figures. That is to say, we must attend to the quantitative aspect of a situation or problem and make a basic quantitative analysis. Every quality manifests itself 
in a certain quantity, and without quantity, there can be no quality. To this day, many of our comrades still do not understand that they must attend to the quantitative aspect of things, the basic statistics, the main percentages, and the quantitative limits that determine the qualities of things. They have no, quote, figures in their head, and as a result, cannot help making mistakes. Um, seeing that, that one of the most important premises of socialism is uh, planned economy, then it seems like the people planning the economy should have a head for figures, right? Yeah. I mean, that, that only stands to reason. Ah. Connie said, how can we comment on YouTube? There's no visible link to do so. Uh, if you go to the YouTube video, there should be a live chat feature. If it's on the mobile phone, you might have to click it, but it should just show you on a computer. Um, anyway. Uh, let, me, let me take the next like three or four, because we said we were going to try to split this up, and it's that's just true. you. That's true. It's that's just true. been you monologuing. Shut the fuck up for a second. <laughs> Heard. <laughs> All right. And the version that I'm reading, I'm realizing is a slightly different translation than Rob's. So bear with me, Rob, if you notice it. It's from the Marxist Internet Archive. It, it's the same book. Yeah. Same source for the book. It's just different translation. Yeah. Ah, this one is uh, notice to reassure the public. Notice of meetings should be given beforehand. This is... This is like issuing a notice to reassure the public so that everybody will know what is going to be disclosed and what problems are to be solved and can make, make timely preparations. I'm sorry, again, dyslexia when I read out loud. Um, in some places, meetings of cadres are called without first preparing reports and draft resolutions. And only when people have arrived for the meeting are makeshifts improvised. This is just like saying troops and horses have arrived, but food and fodder are not ready. And that is no good. Don't call a meeting in a hurry if the preparations are not completed. So that is one of the first times in this book that I have noticed like a sense of humor in it. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. And that's one thing that I actually enjoy about Marx's writings, even though it's dry as hell, his, his sarcasm is on point, and this is, this is on that level. Anyway, sorry. Fewer and better troops and simpler administration. Talks, speeches, articles, and resolutions should, not, or should all be concise and to the point. Meetings also should not go too long. So I wanted to say here, I think that that was a response, again, to some of the failures of the system in the USSR. It was bogged down by bureaucracy, uh, meetings that run on forever and get nothing done, um, so on and so forth. And obviously, we know that in our bourgeois democracies, uh, you know, resolutions, articles, whatever you want to call it, laws being passed are thousands of pages long. And no one's um, got time to read it. They get released the day of. Yep. So I, I think that they were trying to address multiple issues there. Pay attention to uniting and working with comrades who differ with you. 
This should be borne in mind both in the localities and in the army. It also applies to relations with people outside the party. We have come together from every corner of the country and should, should be good at uniting in our work, not only with our comrades who hold the same views at us, as us, but also with those who hold different views. And I actually fully agree with that. We should be willing to... Nations don't appear very strong to outside forces if they're not united. A divided nation looks like something that can just be pushed over. An obstacle that just... A house divided cannot away. stand. Yeah. I didn't want to use that quote because I just didn't want to. <laughs> kind of funny to kind of funny to quote Lincoln when we're reading Mao. Yeah, right. Well, I mean, but I mean Lincoln quoted Marx, so fuck it. Yeah. Guard against arrogance. For anyone in a, I have a quick shout out. Sorry, uh, I just wanted to say hello to an old friend, Connie White. Thank you for joining and watching. And oh, she's your friend. She's uh, been in the comments for a good chunk of the stream. Yeah, I just got in the comments uh, about 20 minutes ago. So I don't see all the comments yet. Fair. Sorry, go ahead. Sorry. You're good. Guard against arrogance. For anyone in a leading position, this is a matter of principle and an important condition for maintaining unity. Even those who have made no serious mistakes and achieved very great success in their work should not be arrogant. I think we have a troll on YouTube. Somebody said in the live chat, BLM, the clan with a tan. Ah, that's cute. You guys. That's got to be a troll, right? Like, I don't care. Nobody nobody could like say that and mean it, right? I don't care. I mean, I do care. I do actually care. That's a horrible fucking thing to say. You're a stupid, worthless piece of genetic garbage. And the best piece of you <laughs> ran down your mom's leg. Well, your dad was plowing her in a shady back alley. But did saying that help either of us? No. Continuing on. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> Draw two lines of distinction. First, between revolution and counter-revolution. Between Yunnan and Sion. I don't know how to pronounce those yeah, words. Moving on. <laughs> Some do not understand that they must draw this line of distinction. For example, when they combat bureaucracy, they speak of Yan'an as though nothing is right and there and fail to make a comparison and distinguish between the bureaucracy in Yan'an and the bureaucracy in Sion. This is fundamentally wrong. Secondly, within the revolutionary ranks, it is necessary to make a clear distinction between right and wrong, between achievements and shortcomings and make clear which of the two is primary and which is secondary. For instance, do the achievements amount to 30% or to 70% of the whole? It will not either it, it will not do either to understate or to overstate. We must have a fundamental evolution of a person's work and establish whether his achievements amount to 30% or 70% of the whole. Then his work should be in the main, 
be in the main be approved okay that's a weird should in the main be approved i think is what it's supposed to say but i think that they're meaning like in the in the general populace okay okay yeah i was confused by that thank you um no problem i just lost my spot rob do you want to take over oh yeah you're good it would be entirely wrong to describe work in which the achievements are primary as work and which the mistakes are primary in our approach to problems, we must not forget to draw these two lines of distinction between revolution and counter-revolution and between achievements and shortcomings. We shall be able to handle things well if we bear these two distinctions in mind. Otherwise, we shall confuse the nature of the problems. To draw these distinctions well, careful study and analysis are, of course, necessary. Our attitude towards every person and every matter should be one of analysis and study. Um, so, I, I mean, and I think that this is important, too, and I, I've really, without having read this prior, have been trying to do this already. Like, instead of just saying, oh, well, this mistake happened, we should just discount the whole thing. I mean, you know, like, if a lot of good was done and some mistakes were made, then, you know, focus on the good, but figure out why what went wrong went wrong and figure out how to fix it rather than just throwing the whole idea away, which I think was the entire point of the Red Scare. You know, like, oh, look, these mistakes were made in Russia. These people were oppressed in Russia. We should never try this again. That's the entire premise of the fucking Red Scare. Um, anyway. Anyway. You got anything to throw out, Bean? You're awful quiet. Oh, I'm just spanking uh trolls oh are you where yeah thank you for your service dean yep youtube oh i see it the comment says show us a person who claims there is no right privilege white privilege sorry and we'll show you a person who has never accomplished a single significant thing in their sad forgettable and small life all right dean all right dean proud of you (laughs) got him Got There's it. way too many words in that for them, so... Yeah. Anyway, uh, okay, so Natalie said, that's what they say happened in the CARES Act and how it became a cash giveaway for millionaires and, uh, and another was a tax law that mainly helped out real estate investors and PE firms. I think the Dems, click see more, quit popping up that thing. I think the Dems went back and nixed that tax write-off, but I'm not sure on that. I'm not sure either. Um, I'm not sure what she was referring to either. Anyway, in the spirit of organization, ensure democracy under centralized guidance. It should be done on the following lines. One, the leading bodies of the party must give a correct line of guidance and find solutions when problems arise in order to establish themselves as centers of leadership. Um, And two, the higher bodies must be familiar with the situation in the lower bodies and with the life of the masses so as to have an objective basis for correct guidance. Three, no party organization at any level should make casual decisions in solving problems. Once a decision is reached, it must be firmly carried out. In other words, don't second guess the decision. Don't just lightly make decisions. Actually think it out. Um, four, all decisions of any importance made by the party's higher bodies must promptly be promptly transmitted to the lower bodies in the party rank and file. 
Well, yeah, communication is kind of key, isn't it? Um, it's the only key. Right. Five, the lower bodies of the party. Why did the, hold on. I was monitoring the comments on my phone and it just like closed. Okay, it's still the fucking FBI. The the fucking alphabet boys, man. I mean, it's I'm still go, it's still going. We're not offline again, so we're good. Five. The lower bodies of the party and the party rank and file must discuss the higher bodies' directives in detail in order to understand their meaning thoroughly and decide on the methods of carrying them out. So even when a decision is made at the higher levels of the party, it's still on the lower uh, the lower bodies of the party to figure out how to implement it. Mm. Um, I, I think that it was a step towards horizontal organizing. It's still very much top-down uh, Marxist-Leninist party structure, but I think it was an attempt at making it more horizontal. Yeah, we talked about that a couple of weeks ago. Um, it seems, well, rational, you know. Yeah. Uh, and, and there's a note here uh, that Yan'an was the headquarters of the Central Committee of the Communist Party of China from January 1937 to March 1947. Xi'an was the center of the reactionary rule of the Kuomintang, Kuomintang in northwestern China. Comrade, comrade, comrade Mao cited the two cities as symbols of revolution and counter-revolution. I'm glad that they put that note in there because I was completely lost on those references. Yeah, yeah, me too. But that 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 adds the context that was missing. Um, so I think that the plan is, let me double check my notes from the last committee meeting. Note. Okay. I'm waving at Trish. I'm waving at Trish. Yeah, I, I mouth read you say, hey, Trisha. Uh, so next week we will be focusing on chapter 11, which is the mass line. And honestly, if this stream wasn't already going on four hours long, I would probably say, shit, let's just do it now because that's an important chapter. But it's probably better that we leave that as its own segment, just like we did today for the party structure. Um, also, in, in terms of struggling with uh, the the concept of the party struggle and figuring out how to do things more horizontally. That's, that's kind of what we're trying to figure out is that balance and, and how we run this organization. We're trying to combine the ideas of a horizontal structure like a mutual aid organization with the ideas of a party structure. Um, it's proving difficult, but I think we're doing okay at it. We need to be better at that whole communication thing, but you know, We could all take blame for that. Exactly. That's why I said we all. <laughs> like, thinking about it, 90% of my days have been spent painting, writing poetry, meditating, and practicing kendo in my backyard, probably freaking my neighbors out. Ah, eh, whatever. Yeah. Last year, it was mowing the lawn in the kilt. You just can't please these people. Nope. Sure can't. Um, so... This week's well-armed proletariat segment, 
is just going to be brief and to the point. It's a, it's a gun that you've probably all heard of. And if you haven't, you should have, uh, it's, it's one of the firearms that was, that was very responsible for the liberation of Berlin towards the end of world war II. Um, Russian made and no, it's not the Kalashnikov. It's, it's older than that. Um, the Mosin Nagant, still widely available on used firearms markets here in the U.S., all over the U.S. Um, and Made the in the 1930s. They yep. still fire. They're still quite reliable from They're, what I've been told. Yeah, super reliable. Great hunting rifle. Um, also very effective long gun. Um, if you're interested in seeing what it can really do in extreme situations look up the finnish sniper simo haya um one man with iron sights and a moss nagant in the snow stopped the entire red army from coming into fucking finland natalie was referring to the 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 part about the um keeping articles and such short. That's what she was referring to. Um, on, on how long of the meeting, or how long of meetings back then, how now it is not effective policy mixed into hundreds of pages of writing. Yeah. Um, so that, that makes sense, because I was, I was really confused by that comment. Um, some details about the uh, Mosin Nagant. Uh, it's running anywhere between 300 to $600, $300 to $700. Um, it shoots 7.62 by 5.4, I believe. Yeah, 5.4, five, five, yep. Yeah. Um, relatively easy to get your hands on, and if you can't in an extreme situation, it can shoot 30 out 6. Or 308. I don't remember which. Don't quote me on this. I feel ashamed. I'm I'm actually a guy that has quite a bit of knowledge on firearms, and I just am dropping the ball on this right now. Oh, you're good. Point I have is, a lot of involuntary it, knowledge on firearms. Understood. I mean, it happens. I... I support your position on it just as much as you support my position on it. But I mean, really, yeah, I would be completely down with Dean's idea of the uh, disarming the entire fucking planet, but we need to start with the cops. Yeah. But having said that, I, I believe that it's a seven six two memory serves. Yeah. Yeah, it's seven point six two by five four. Um, I just don't remember. And, and ours were five one. Yeah. So yeah, yeah it's it's three oh eight. You're thinking of Don. Yep. Okay. Um, basically, the Russians designed it so you know, like they could pick up enemy ammo, but enemies couldn't pick up their ammo. That has been a battle that we have been waging against the Russians for since World War Two. Like yeah. our mortar systems. I shot a 60 millimeter mortar, an 81 millimeter mortar, and a 120 millimeter mortar. The Russians have a 61 millimeter mortar, an 82 millimeter mortar, and a 121 millimeter mortar. So they can shoot our shit, but we can't shoot theirs. I mean, and it's really smart if you think about why they were doing that. 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, Ammo's not cheap. No. And we did the same thing. We standardized on NATO, uh, yeah. what, 60 years ago, 70. Um, anyway, the, the, the point is, is that this is a widely available, very heavily manufactured um, rifle that is still reliable today at almost, what, 90 years old. It comes um, with the cleaning kit built into it. Like, I mean, the Russians were real good about that. The uh, old school Russian Kalashnikovs all came with cleaning kits in the buttstock. So did the old school uh, 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 AR-15. Uh, yeah. I mean, what is it? The M-16. The M-16s. I believe the uh, the M-1 Garand had a cleaning kit in the buttstock as well. Which I, I mean, you're probably uh, you're probably a little more familiar with the M1 Garand than you are with the Mosin Nagant. The M1 Garand shot 308, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, the M1 Garand is considered one of the most reliable guns ever manufactured, and uh, the Mosin Nagant, supposedly, anyway, is a close second to that. Again, I have never personally shot one, but I've heard a lot of things about them over the years. Having shot both the Mosinagant's a little longer and therefore a little accurate at distance, but they're both quality firearms. The M1 Garand is just expensive. Oh, yeah. Super expensive. Dude, I would like to have one just to hang it on my wall, but I'm not going to pay that kind of price for fucking wall decoration. You kidding me? Yeah, it's prohibitive. There's there's more affordable alternatives for hunting. Yeah. Oh, you could easily Nazis. hunt. <laughs> you, could, you could easily. Well, yeah. I mean, they did hunt quite a few Nazis with them with the most in the gun, didn't they? Sorry, that was that was a dark joke. Oh, that wasn't even a joke. That was straight up fact. Okay, fair enough. I just I don't want to ever. I mean, don't seem forget like that the the Red Army stormed Berlin with most in the guns, bro. I know. I just don't want to ever seem like we're condoning violence towards humans. I'm just condoning violence to those unclean Nazi swine. Well said. Um, Trish is like falling asleep over there. Girl, you were falling out. You should I don't blame her. We are almost at four hours. I think you're muted. I just saw your lips move, though. I, I, I heard. I don't know if you can even hear me, but before that, nothing. Good night. Good night, Trisha. Go to sleep. <laughs> Fuck. You were clear for like five seconds and then the buzzing came back. Can you try connecting on your, your service just to see? No, no, I meant like on the, the cell data or whatever you were using or Cause that buzzing is terrible, and I don't know, I don't know why it's happening, but well, the buzzing is gone. That's an improvement. Let's see if we get her back. Connecting. Now you're muted. 
I think that I clicked ask to unmute as you unmuted. I'm so sorry if I just muted you as soon as you unmuted yourself. Can you hear me? Yes. All right. Okay. Well, for once the cell data thing is working better than the call my phone thing. Yeah, that's, um, that's weird, isn't it? Yeah, usually it's the other way around. Um, I don't know. It's been flaky as fuck tonight. But, yeah, uh, it really has. Well, for all of us, too. It's not even just for you. I mean, you've been having the audio quality issues, but Dean was having connectivity issues, and so was I. Well, even early on, I was having connection issues, too, of dropping in and out of the room. Like, what the fuck? Grab a signal. My 4G lit up. Um, but it's what it is. Um, yeah. uh, yes, Don, I am fucking exhausted. <laughs> you saw that i'm like uh but before we close this out for the night i do have a couple things i wanted to mention for lgbtq news yes um, yes i wanted to um i just got one thing to say uh a trans woman was gunned down sitting in the open I, i'm sure you're going to talk about that too um i sent the we, we we started to talk about it earlier actually i don't know if i sent the link to you but according to one of my trans comrades, that is that is the 18th trans person that has been murdered this year solely for being trans. Stop it. Enough is enough. This is this is completely unacceptable. It, I don't even know what to say about it. Go ahead, Trisha. What the fuck is wrong with people? You're exactly. Fucking me? You're fucking kidding me. Like, gonna go and murder somebody for something that harms no one and doesn't affect your fucking life at all? Like, how big of a fucking loser are you that somebody, somebody's sexual, you know, identity, their gender identity is living rent free inside your head so fucking hard that you gotta go out and fucking kill people? You fucking kidding me? What the fuck, people? What in the actual fuck these insecure motherfuckers go around doing shit like this trying to fucking balls up and act like you know they're some kind of fucking barney badass because they can murder a completely fucking innocent person for no reason other than you're a fucking bigoted piece of shit y'all need help you need fucking help so um if that is if if that is indeed number 18 that's uh been murdered this year um already it's beginning of may not even halfway through the year. Um, but I, I think that we should compile a list. Um, say, their say their names. Yes, exactly. This is one thing that has really been just pissing me off that some of the things that I have seen people saying lately. And I mean, it was already pissing me off because of simply the fact that people who behave in such bigoted fucking manners because of people like them there's people who are no longer in my life because they killed themselves because society treated them like they were less than human so that shit really punches me right in the fucking soul to see people being so degrading towards others for no reason no reason other than you're a bigoted piece of shit you know like it, for example, 
just the other day, the, the shit I was telling you guys about with the troll, okay? This is somebody who has repeatedly posted a bunch of anti-trans stuff, you know, um, everything from, like, her clapping for um, all the laws being passed or limiting transgender students from competing in sports. Here, I got a solution for that one. Make all sports fucking non-gender. Bam, problem solved. Um, you know, especially when we've got motherfuckers like motherfucking fucker Carlson. Let's bring it back around to him because he's really good for this shit. Fox News has aired 126 segments on trans student athletes. You know how many they could even find nationwide? Nine. Nine transgendered athletes. And look at all these states that are super fucking, you know, right wing going and trying to pass all these fucking bills. What, to scream hate at millions of people so that you can discriminate against nine innocent kids? Something fucking yeah. wrong with that. And fuck fucker Carlson for pushing that shit. Because he pushes it like a fucking dope dealer pushes fucking Man, he, he fucking warned his viewers that the war on white supremacy was targeting them. It's very telling. Isn't it? No, you know your niche market and he knows his is white supremacist fucking trash mm-hmm. plain and fucking simple just like him god he's such a um one of the other things that's happening right now when it comes to anti-transgender bills being passed motherfucking tennessee passed a bill requiring anti-trans signs on businesses with trans inclusive bathrooms so basically if you have just bathrooms that you know you have marked we don't care what's in your pants you gotta pee go pee your business would be required to put a sign on every entrance accessible to the public quote this facility maintains the policy of allowing the use of restrooms by either biological sex regardless of the designation on the restroom. And that is literally the fucking legal language from HB 1182. That is, okay, let's start unpacking this motherfucker. First of all, the fact that you use the word either, you're trying to insinuate <coughs> that there is only male or female. And even science is fucking proven wrong. That shouldn't even be allowed to be part of legal language you know, of basically we're going to impose our bigoted perspective right into the language of the fucking law. And this this bill, if this gets signed by their governor, this is a slap in the face. Who knows how many countless transgender people who live there or travel there, you know, a slap in the face to the people who own these businesses who are just, you know, like, yeah, we're not bigots, so we're not gonna fucking pretend like trans people don't need to pee too. Um, it's a slap in the face of anybody who's got any fucking ethics. Yeah. And it's just one more. There's been one after another, after another, after another. And 
it's really disturbing and disgusting. That that's what these motherfuckers are wasting their time and our fucking tax dollars doing in Congress? Motherfuckers, you can't do a goddamn thing to help anybody? Take the time out of your day for who knows how many fucking days to write up all this, this fucking bigoted bullshit. Try to impose your fucking bigotry into law. Try to make people abide by your fucked feelings. Well, fuck your feelings. And I'll say this right to the fuck your feelings fucking department of the right wing. No, fuck your feelings. Because that's all these laws amount to is, oh, you don't like somebody because they're different. You don't fucking understand them. And you want to fucking speak at them. Fuck your feelings. Because your feelings don't matter. Facts matter. In fact, this trans people exist are going to continue to exist. Your feelings neither validate nor invalidate their fucking existence. You need to find something better to do with yourself than worry about who the fuck you think you need to be. And maybe this world could be a better place. Because you know what? All you fucking bigots out there, I would trade a thousand of you over to get even one of my trans friends back who is no longer here. Because It is unreal. Motherfuckers try to put shit out like, you know, the troll the other day, uh, the post that was just the last nail in the coffin, saying some shit about, well, you don't try to get an egg from a rooster or milk from a bowl now, do you? And it's like, okay, first of all, that is not a logical fucking argument at all. Second, you're trying to dehumanize trans people. Uh, third, science don't even fucking ag agree with you. It, neither, <coughs> neither anybody with ethics when it comes to you trying to go and be like, and I, I hold this position because of my religion, was literally the bitch's excuse. Um, and it's like, wait a minute, you just tried to invalidate the existence of actual people and their their lived experience by your God, who you can't prove exists, but you think that your views based on this religious it that was never even talked about in in your religious text is, you know, there it wasn't considered a, a transitioning thing. You were, you know, gender fluid or whatever. A lot of you know tribal civilizations for thousands of years have recognized like twin spirit the whole type thing um but no this person wants to try to assign a view to their religion that wasn't even stated in it to try to use it as an excuse to invalidate people and try to dehumanize people and it's like wow i can't even wrap my fucking head around how ignorant you'd have to be to even hold that fucking perspective because if your religion is teaching you to fucking hate people, then you're doing your religion wrong. Something wrong with this world when people are literally going out of their way to try to destroy other people, whether it be by directly fucking killing them or by pushing them to the point of suicide because they can't just fucking accept people. Fuck. 
fuck? What the fuck? And they want to act like they have the moral high ground of judgment. It was never moral. Not, not, not in that facet. Not in that facet, but I will pass a judgment right here. Of if you're a fucking bigot, you're a fucking bigot. Don't get mad when I call you one. It's what you're saying. No fucking reason. Can't come up with the logical Exactly. It's not homophobia or anything. That phobia means fear. Motherfucker, you ain't scared. These motherfuckers from Tennessee trying to claim that, oh, this bill is to protect women and children. I don't know of any cases of any women or children ever having been in There are plenty of them, you know, cis white men. When are we going to start writing bills against them? Oh, fuck, they're the ones writing the bills. We, we really we need to start teaching ethics in school. This, this comes down to a fundamental failure as a society that people have no empathy, no regard for other people's existence for, for the fact that you don't get to argue whether or not they have the right to their rights because their rights are inherent to them. That applies to everybody. Oh, my friends, comrades, I'm sorry you got to deal with so much shit. But I look at this just like I do any other fucking flavor of hateful motherfucker, like punching a fucking Nazi, punch a fucking bigot across the board. Hashtag make bigots afraid again. Fuck yeah. Fuck yes. Uh I don't know that bigots have ever really been afraid in America. Yeah, I don't care. It was a way to take a stab at Trump. I know, and I totally agree, but I don't think they've ever been afraid here. I know. Anyway, um, I guess that about wraps up tonight's stream. It was a long one. I do have a couple of things, just real right. quick statements. Um, Everybody that's still watching, anybody that's listening in the future before May 5th, if you look out your windows towards the constellation of Aquarius, which I wish at this point in time, this version of me could quote to you exactly where in the sky that is. But it's midnight and I'm tired. Um, anyway, May 5th, before dawn, look out towards Aquarius and you will get to see one of the most beautiful meteor showers uh, the Aquarian meter shower. Um, let's see. Uh, the drill on the Mars rover didn't dig as deep as they thought it was going to. This is and true. And in more science news, scientists, White House scientists, believe that they have measured what is what could be considered a heartbeat in Mitch McConnell's chest for the first time in centuries, a single heartbeat. It happened, he looked concerned, and then it was over. The the nice silence there. I thought Dean would laugh at least, fuck. No, he's holding it back, I can see it. 
I was gonna go with it turned out to be just gas and everything was oh. fine, or like um, Ted Cruz's hand flexed and they thought it was a heartbeat. <laughs> Emily said fake news. Science isn't that advanced yet, John. Oh, fair <laughs> enough. Fair, well, they they were using seismographs and like lidar. I'm just using. I'm throwing just random technical terms right now. I don't know what I'm talking about, man. Man. Well, she's a scientist, so I'll believe her. Yeah, I know. I know. I don't yeah. think that there is anything within that man that could be considered life at this point. I'm pretty sure he's like him and Joe Biden, man. They they've got to be marionette puppets. They have and been for centuries. That's not just the acid talking. I'm pretty sure they're. Made... Jesus Christ. <laughs> All right, it's been it's been a long one, guys. It's been a day. It has. We'll see you Thursday night for a watch along of Milk about the life of Harvey. Uh, Dean, that was a Netflix movie, right? Or it's on uh, Netflix. I'll double check, but I believe it is. Sorry about my. Uh long absence uh, in my uh, untriumphant return. It's okay, man. We're just glad to have you back. Alright. We've missed you. Yes, sir. Uh, Milk is on Netflix, and I miss you too, Trish. Thank you, Don. You're welcome. Alright, Rob. Close this out so you can go cook for Emily. She's in the comments demanding it. It's eggplant parm, man. Meatless Monday. I would just say let her eat cake, but then I would get my head cut off. Holy shit, I'm not saying that to her. <laughs> <laughs> Dean, you're a smart man. <laughs> Woo! I'm in Michigan. I'm safe. Was you going to send your brother to yeah. kneecap yeah. me? Good Maybe. Maybe. He's already on his way. Him and Rod are going to show up in my sleep and just reenact that... Uh, that one scene from that one uh, Stephen King movie. Oh, yeah, not the uh, not the Luca Brasi uh, garretting. No, no, not the Luca Brasi garretting. Um, although I would accept that as a uh, honorable death, I think, as long as somebody sent my body armor to my family with fishes wrapped in it. <laughs> ah. Good night, everybody. Good night. We love you. Bye-bye, bye, 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 bye. Bye, bye, bye.